The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. Riding through this world all alone. God takes your soul. You're on your own. The crow flies straight, a perfect line on the devil's bed until you die. This life is short, baby. That's a fact. Better live it right. You ain't coming back. Gotta raise some hell. My God, absolutely fine. Pre recording. The second you start on the live stream, yo! Am I okay now? You're fine. Okay. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. <laughs> Magsy, how are we doing, my friend? Be good? No, uh, well, good is uh, probably an overstatement. These arseholes watching made us watch two matches again didn't they Just think they're clever don't they yes yes a 50 50 poll once again and that's never ever happened before has it in the 120 episodes of chain wrestling what that we've had uh two on the bounce no i don't mm. think it has we've yeah. not had that many have we how many have we had in total must be like only about four or five yeah but two in a row it's almost yeah. suspiciously like They've set it up. Well, well, I think heel. I think there is a sly chat group somewhere. Yeah, and I, I imagine the admin, the moderator, and the orchestrator Are is a certain Mr. Dan, uh, Dan Griffin. <laughs> they're all the, <laughs> the council of Dan members. Yes, yes, and they ploy. You vote this way. You vote this way. You vote this way. You vote this way. Yeah, that's the way it's done. I reckon, mate. Yeah, suspicious. It is. It is very suspicious indeed. Uh, man. So I, it does mean we have a massive, massive episode of Chain Wrestling Live for everyone. So we're here for five hours. You, we're you not, because I've got work in the morning. <laughs> no, <laughs> okay. you'll sit through five hours of us <laughs> picking those two matches apart second by second. You, you get we're what you, to just you, start. you deserve. <laughs> We're going to have to just start coming on air at like six o'clock. Six, <laughs> yeah, six o'clock. <laughs> yeah, it must. Be. That's what we're going to have to do. Or like, uh, really? I mean, we set nine o'clock as the time for our live shows to start going live because mm-hmm. we didn't want to interfere with anyone watching like Coronation Street and EastEnders and all that, did we? Now we should interfere with it because they ruin our lives. Well, yeah, Mags and potentially Sar will have their revenge by the end of the show yeah i got some quick thinking to do mate so there's gonna be moments where you're talking oh I'm jesus christ <laughs> grab that plan <laughs> yeah maybe maybe we will have our revenge ha 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 ha
vicious I'm fed up dismissing the competition You're hopeless, I'm trash or efficient Listen, you want a class on tradition? On one condition, forget the best of the century Talk about the best of all time, you better mention me Essentially, I'm the best that's ever gonna be I hold my ground, you never take it from under me Don't run to me, it's gone Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever and whenever you may be listening or watching from. This is Che Wrestling Live with Mags and Sai, an SJP World Media Production. Episode 100 and bloody 20. Why? I am Sai, and with me as always is the turning point to my smelling a joint. There's somebody who lives like two doors down from me, Maxi. And now, yeah. now it's getting it's warm. The window's wink. open. Reeks of weed, man. I mean, everywhere oh, around here reeks of weed anyway, but... Oh, it's your name. You know, this is very prominent. Very prominent indeed. The ladder to my this storyline just makes me madder and madder, but we'll get to that shortly. A podcaster who regularly gets told by other men that they are his puppy and sometimes even pays for the privilege. The podfather himself, Lord Mags. How are we doing, mate? Did you enjoy the coronation? Lord, yourself, of course. I mean, I was there. You're not seeing me in the, in the third row, hidden behind uh, Anne's ever oh no that no, was Harry I did not I did. no yeah I, I, <laughs> I was in two miles worth to watch it because I'm not a massive royalist but it's something that has never happened in our lifetime yet it probably mm. happened soon uh, hopefully with uh, old sausage fingers popping his clogs um, but yeah it, it, was, it was it was all right yeah. I didn't do the Pledge of Allegiance to like the Lord and Saviour King or anything like that but yeah I, I enjoyed what I watched yeah. Okay. I mean, it was. I was busy. I was recording and stuff like that. So I caught bits of it and all that sort of stuff. But and I mean, the concert was obviously as well, wasn't it? Did you see any of that? Uh, no, I didn't stick around for the concert. I just saw him uh, getting his crown. What they had to wiggle onto his head because his head didn't fit it. Uh, I saw the the red arrows fly over for about thirty seconds, and I'd had enough, so I turned over. Uh, okay yeah the concert was was spectacular they, they had drones in the sky all like doing formations with lights and all that sort of stuff it looked amazing it really did but i, I i'm not 100 convinced that i'm happy about it all to be honest okay it's i I've, i appreciate the world i don't want to go into anything too deep i don't want to piss people off and we've got a busy busy show today as we mentioned but i'm, I'm i wouldn't describe myself as a royalist but at the same time I'm proud to be British. I'm proud to be English. The royal family is a big part of that. And they do, you know, provide income to the country on tourism and various other bits and bobs and, and, and all that sort of stuff. However, the cost of living crisis on, people are basically feeding their families from food banks. There are people who can't afford to eat and they've just spent 100 million quid on a party. Mm, yeah. You know what it's, I mean? it, it's something that only happens once in a generation. I get it. I, I'm I'm the same same as you. The the money spent on it is ridiculous. It's but I say really, even worse um, than that, Max. I say hundred million quid. That's estimated. They won't release any figures. Oh, no. they did. It's been requested because, so this, because the 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 general population will go livid. Yeah, exactly. Now. That hundred million, say for example, it is a hundred million. Just for argument's sake, that's the predicted figures, you know, mm. and so on. They won't release those figures, but that's still that's that's taxpayers' money. Mm-hmm. By rights, they should say where this is, you know. And I saw something quite funny on on Twitter earlier on, um, and it was from an American uh, person online, basically saying, "I'll never understand someone, a country where people are living in poverty, applauding someone in a gold carriage." 
let them and i was like you know what that really does ring true you know Mm -hmm. it's it's very draconian Mm. like marie antoinette let them eat cake when she was told that the the poor people were starving Mm. yeah there's no concept of what it is to be on the bread line no i mean the whole concept of a coronation as well is kind of strange i mean it's got to happen of course because it's passing on the 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 throne to the next generation and the next in line and all that sort of stuff but when you boil it down it is kind of just basically because obviously for you to take the throne or for charles or for anyone to take the throne it means a family member has passed away for you to step up into that role so it is almost like if you really just strip it back to the basics it's almost like hey your mum's dead Here's a sparkly hat. I mean, if only we all got a sparkly hat when our mum's dad. Maybe the country would be a happier place. Maybe, mate. Maybe. Could you imagine that, though, down Gloucester City Centre? Those people still wearing their sparkly hats and everyone else is being like cash converters or something where they're (laughs) flogging them off. (laughs) Shall we dive into the chat, Mr. Mags, and see who joined us early doors? Yes, let's... um... First up, King's Pigs Bladders. Hello, sir. How are you? Evening, me old cockers. Dan Griffin, back to 50-50 polls. What a time to be alive. You Dan, you are you are the, the king of chaos around here. It's your, your doing this, Mr. Griffin. You are. Uh, Sharon, it's Monday night, and you know what that means. <laughs> Dan, uh, Robo Razor Sight in the building. Brilliant. Uh, my benevolent influence on the CDF is growing. Yeah, as the title says, the CDF is starting to turn heel. It's just it is. shocking. Uh, Sharon says, this has nothing to do with her. Well, the lady doth protest too much, methinks. Sharon, I, I will throw this at you here. Did you vote this week? Because I would say, if you didn't vote, it's 100% your fault. Because if you'd have voted either way, we wouldn't have had a 50-50. Exactly. So you are to blame Inaction is not uh, an ex- an excuse. Dan Griffin says, you're going to start coming on what now? <laughs> Jesus Christ, Dan. Uh, Dan Kane, hello, sir. Uh, says, hey, yo, CWF. Yes, we are the heels tonight. Yep, you absolutely are. Um, Connor, hello. Um, hello, Max and Sad, Doctor Who pod, and Chairman saying good way to start the week. No, not a good way. The only way there that you go. should be starting your week. There we go. King's Pigs Banner says, we want Barry Horror. I'm assuming he means wits. Or just a film with loads of Barrys <laughs> just a, yeah. by a murderer. <laughs> a film with a lot of Barrys in it sounds like a horror yeah. in itself. I mean, how many Barrys could there be, though? You'd have Barry Horowitz. Uh, uh, Barry Chuckle. Was, is, yeah. he, is he the one that's still alive? No, he's the, he's the dead one. Right, so he could play the ghost then. He could be the scary ghost in the horror aspect. Like, like Evil Dead with zombies yeah. and, and yeah. it's just going to you, to me. <laughs> Evil <laughs> Chuckle Dead or something like that. <laughs> what, who else would you have? Barry from EastEnders? I don't know. They're all uh, that. Barry White? No, he's dead as well. Barry he? fucking Wyndham. Get that oh. dead stalking bastard in there. There you go. Oh, the film wouldn't last very long then, would it? Because he just because he's just a, he's just Barry Wyndham with a moustache. We all know who he is. He just he just grab the the zombie Barry DDT him and that'd be the end of the film. Yeah, win so, win. There we go. <laughs> Scottish Danny in the house, and as is the CWF according to Scottish Danny, Mortar in as well. Uh, tomorrow, uh, definitely keep your ears peeled for uh, a new episode of the Morty and Fitz show because a uh, crisper vision is finally here, and we had a a lot of fun ripping apart 
Britain's choice of crisps, you absolute basic set of bitches. No, <laughs> honestly, when you hear the list, you will think that it was they only asked either children or people with no taste buds. It's the worst list going. I literally had a full top 20 that didn't contain any of those crisps whatsoever. It's okay. ridiculous what Britain enjoys. I have been looking forward to it. I'm glad to see that it drops tomorrow because that's one of my longer days at work tomorrow, so I can listen to it. I mean, no, no spoilers, obviously. But where do we stand on like the the sort of maze based snacks, like a frazzle? Well, normally I'm very pedantic about what what constitutes uh, being allowed in a group. I did it with uh, with Chocker Vision. I did it with Biscuit Vision. I held back on this. I thought, nope, I'm not getting involved. So some maze products do squeeze through let's just say that but they are worthy worthy contenders interesting check that out tomorrow on the morty and fitch podcast feed everywhere you can find well i say tomorrow if you're listening on the podcast version yesterday Mm-hmm. Um, Dan Griffin says they should have scrapped the moniker as old Lizzie Trips got the high score. And oh, <laughs> Charles must have been fuming for about 40 years, thinking, When is she gonna kick the bucket so I can have a do? And now he gets to have a go, and he's about he's got about two, three years left, hasn't he? And, and I hope that's just... exactly how he worded it as well. I hope he was walking around back in, in the back, you know, like the back rooms of the palace in his pipe, you know, his pipe, his dressing gown, his slippers, just muttering to himself, when is she going to kick the bucket so I can have a do? <laughs> I saw uh, a few um, Sky News reports as well. They, they got um, someone who could uh, lip read to to um, see what he was saying. And a lot of the time he were complaining about it being long and being late. And then he said, oh, there are my paintings up there on the big screen. And Camilla didn't even bother looking. She was like, <laughs> fuck you, Charles. I've only done this to get a horse onto the throne. I'm so sick of your shit already. Just wait. Now I'm queen. I'm going to kill you. And then this is all man. <laughs> Oh dear. Uh, <laughs> then no, uh, Sharon said she didn't vote, so it's it is her fault. So it's a hundred percent to yeah, blame. We said, but we both know I'd happily use another of my accounts to get it 50-50. See, Sharon, they've all got sneaker, second, third, and fourth accounts to to just to mess with us. It's out of order. See if I'd thought about it. I mean, I've got all the Twitter accounts for the network, so that's what, like no, eight eight Twitter accounts, eight different shows, whatever it may well be. And, and I've got at least four or five old yeah. dead accounts from so things we, i used to do. to do what we need to do is go on twitter like two minutes before the the cutoff for the yeah. poll and then nwo it yeah we'll be exactly. the third man yeah yeah uh, king's pink banner says we could have had barry from eastenders barry scott from oh, Bank. of yeah, course he'd, he'd be the he'd be the the protagonist wouldn't he? he'd be the the star of the show not Spray when barry. there surely I'm spray Barry chuckle and Barry in the face with a bit of silly bang, and and the stain is gone. It's like a Barry battle royale, a, a Barry royale. That's what yeah, it could exactly. Be. <laughs> uh, Dan Griffith says knickknacks, nice and spicy, better win. Well, the only way you'll know is tune if in. you tune in tomorrow. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, Connor, you heathen. Can't wait till chipper vision. It is not chips. They are not uh, fry. Well, they are fried potato technically, but they're not French well, fry style. What, yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's 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 chips, uh, crisps. So you got me confused. Now. 
Jesus. Um, Morty says, we had internet issues which caused me and Fritz to switch the camera off. No, behind the scenes of that show, there were some suspicious shenanigans going on. Very suspicious. Yeah. Them two are too close for comfort. Um, Dan says, how long before Chuck accidentally slips, slaps it on digits in a foot? George Foreman grill thinking they're a pack of Richmonds. Jesus, <laughs> just don't bear thinking about. Like Michael uh, Scott from The Office when he steps on his George Foreman grill. Have you seen that one? Uh, is that The Office? Yeah, I've seen it. Then, the American I? Office, yeah. Well, have I seen it? He sets an alarm so he can wake up in the morning, turn on his George Foreman grill that he's already put bacon in the night before. And then sets another alarm for 10 minutes time. So he wakes up to freshly cooked bacon, but then forgets that he's done this, steps out of bed and steps straight onto the George Foreman grill. See, they just going go ridiculous. Took a brilliant uh, British show and ruined it. Uh, anyway. The American one's good. The American one's it's good. Not. Connor says that he keeps forgetting to vote on his personal account, but he thinks he has his part blame in the 55th death of the. Yeah, because you're in that sneaky little let's fuck up sign um, <laughs> day group. And then uh, Sal looks like he's wearing a Dominic Mysterio T-shirt. Yeah, oh yeah, look at that. Classic, classic, but... classic Dominic as well. Yeah, not even Dominic now. That's eight-year-old Dominic with his shit, I want to be Eminem haircut. And then Christ, Danny mentioning that, so I now need to know Sai and Mags' opinion on that god-awful Brit Baker T-shirt. So, <sighs> I think I'm in the middle on this. Yeah, it's a terrible t-shirt a lot of wrestling t-shirts recently have been just crap we haven't had a, a really good design t-shirt uh and i get if you are a wrestling fan and you saw that on on somebody you can have you can have the opinion that it's it's promoting domestic violence i suppose but it's a little bit snowflakey in it to be kicking off about I can see both sides of the argument, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I personally wouldn't wear it. No. Oh, no, I definitely wouldn't wear it. You know, and I think if you're wearing it at a wrestling event, that's kind of, uh, that's more tolerable than somebody just wearing it around in the street. Because, I mean, we're not even talking a WWE image here. This is AEW, which I'm going to upset some people, not on the same level. As much as I love AEW, not on the same level. The general public won't know who Britt Baker is. Yeah. And if you've got a picture of her like that on the front of, with no context, it's just a picture, isn't it? That, yeah, the general public might see that as not being. Yeah. And I saw some comparisons between uh, the Brit Baker one and, and the Becky Lynch one from when she became the man after yeah. uh, Nia Jax broke her face. But the difference was that, that, um, t-shirt was stylized it wasn't just essentially just a photo and the wwe logos and and um and text were all over that i think on mm. the brit bear one it was a tiny little logo in the corner um so yeah i mean i wouldn't wear it uh i can see why people were pissed off with it but it's it's wrestling wrestling lives in its own little bubble of a world i suppose yeah that's it, that's it. Oh, yeah. so there we go. Ah, I suppose, Magsy, I suppose we better get on with the show because there is so much to get through. Two wrestling matches again. You bastards. <laughs> <laughs> you will rue the day, CWF. Believe you me. Indeed, indeed. Uh, I suppose we better get rid of some crap in the old Hall of Name. We better. The Hall. 
Lame indeed. <laughs> what have they got for us, Mr. Mags? So if we go back a couple of weeks, uh, people may or may not remember my entry for last uh, the last Hall of Lame was uh, Tiger Ali Singh. And I, I kind of alluded to the fact that this next one linked it. And this was what actually made me remember the Tiger Ali Singh one. And, and I felt that he should have gone in first. But um, around the the middle of 2000, let's say June, July, uh, a couple of uh, young wrestlers had, were getting a little bit frustrated with their, with their spot in WWE. They'd had... Uh, relative success in the early parts of their their career, um, tag team champions, uh, mid card single uh, titles, and the like. But once their um, their teams or their factions broke up for for um, various reasons, they they teamed up to kind of force their way into um, into the the TV picture. They just wanted to get. Uh, get uh, on TV and they wanted to wrestle. So I'm talking about D'Lo Brown, multiple time singles champion, tag team champion, and uh, the former Mosh, or as he was going at that time, uh, Chaz, who <laughs> will probably have several entrants in the Hall of Lame uh, before this is done. That guy has been saddled with some of the worst gimmicks. Um, but yeah, they they decided they'd had enough and wanted to kind of force WWE's hand and give giving them some TV time. So they teamed up uh, originally just as D'Lo Brown and and Chaz um, came to the ring in essentially just cheap tracksuit Adidas two strap pants uh, and were quite quickly jobbers. They were on jacked a lot they were on metal a lot uh they very rarely turned up on um on sunday night heat and then they had the odd uh main show appearances on on smackdown and raw thing throughout the time they were together they were on uh the main shows a total of four times ironically three of them were in tag team title uh matches uh but they they were starting to gel as a tag team uh the, the crowd were slightly getting into them, nothing special, but they were essentially a, a job attack team. And then we get to the near Christmas, uh, late November, early December, and a returning Tiger Ali Singh was, uh, right. was put in place as their manager. Uh, and he... Um, he was basically the comic foil for this tag team. He would go on and argue their case that they should have uh, they should have more TV time uh, to no avail, obviously, because uh, the team split up in January of 2001. So he's, uh, he didn't have a lot of influence uh, uh, in getting them the big matches, but he did have a lot of influence in uh, in how they how they looked when they went to the ring. So. Once Tiger Ali Singh was involved, gone were the days of uh, Adidas two-strap tracksuit pants. And in came very bright-coloured, almost MC Hammer-like pants. (laughs) And the the gear that they walked to the ring in, uh, it was very reminiscent of uh, Indian 
um, Indian royalty clothes. You know, they'd have the the, the tunics or the 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 kameezas, whatever they're called, or with all the sequins. And then just to top it off, they would wrestle with turbans on. Oh now, my word! Turbans are prevalent in Indian culture. Uh, um, the majority uh, of Sikhs uh, wear turbans. But Chaz wasn't a Sikh. He was nope. a white man. Yep. Dilo Brown wasn't a Sikh. He was a black man. And these two wrestled in turbans. Uh, like I said, thankfully, they, they weren't uh, under the, the, the tutelage of Tiger Ali Singh for long. And when he was sent to uh, to DRWA in Puerto Rico for uh, for essentially retraining they were both sent there as well um unfortunately for for chaz he he was caught around the same time that uh tiger ali singh was caught uh and dealer brown ended up going back to ovw uh and then uh returned to uh smackdown in late 2002 but yeah uh that six months run that they had as the tag team lowdown again Named after the guys wrestling, one of the guys wrestling moves, uh, a black guy and a white guy wrestling in turbans. So yeah, I'm putting in this week the tag team lowdown. That's ropey, isn't it? And again, it, so unsubtle and uh, just the WWE all over, isn't it? It it was. I went back and watched some of the stuff to make sure I hadn't imagined it in a fever dream. Oh, it's rough. It's very rough. Yes, indeed. Yeah, not good. Not a good look whatsoever. Uh, something else that I think is not a good look whatsoever is a reoccurring gimmick that has happened for decades. And it ties in to this current time frame, I guess, as we're live here with regards to the coronation and so on. I would like to just put forward to you, Mr. Mags, a few names and see if you can guess where I'm sort of heading with this, okay? Harley Race, Wade Barrett, Seamus. Mm-hmm. This one's probably going to give it away. Yeah, Mabel. I've got it already. Go on then. Kings. These are all mm. heel king of the ring winners. They are. But it's not necessarily people portraying a king character in wrestling I have an issue with. Because that can be done. Uh, uh, well, Booker T, for example, was superb at this. Mm-hmm. You know, our good friend who who was a part of the NXT Rise and Fall podcast, uh, Joshua Goodwin. Get well soon, Josh. Love you a bit, my friend. Uh, he portrayed a King character very, very well, but put a lot of effort into that and gave his character a whole backstory, generations and generations of royalty that he traced his family back through and so on. Really, really well done social media work for his character. Um, And obviously Jerry Lawler spent uh, his whole career going that way. My issue is how they take people, they win King of the Ring, and rather than going down the Austin route of I've won King of the Ring, that's that, off we go. Or even the Triple H route, or even the Bret Hart route in 1993. They decide, do you know what we're going to do? We're going to make this guy declare himself as being royalty, just because he's won a wrestling tournament, and forget what he's doing beforehand. So, we'll start with Sheamus. Sheamus won the world title within, what, six months of going on to the main roster? It was a very mm-hmm. quick time, wasn't it? Yeah. He yeah. had he was a great always been a great performer heel or face and so on uh, he went for a bit of a wobbly period in his career was regaining momentum one king in the ring brilliant step in his career potentially but rather than just letting him carry on down that path 
we stick a shitty crown on him, a stick of wood in his hand. It's not even a real scepter because apparently people from Ireland don't have gold. They they only have bits of wood and tree and, and stuff that's green and brown, apparently. And portrayed him as King Seamus. And it was terrible and just derailed any momentum or uh, good character work he was doing previously. King Mabel. I mean... Ooh. This is more. This is more of an issue with WWF at the time. But Mabel winning King of the Ring meant that he had to wear a crown, get carried to the ring by four poor fellas. Those poor dudes. But it also put him into the title picture, and he referred to himself as a king, and, and even got a title belt made for himself, the knobhead. King Barrett. back. Well, there you go, King Barrett. Uh, we, remember, we all remember Bad News Barrett, don't we? And that was getting a bit of momentum. He was doing well with that. Wins King of the Ring. Put a gain on him. Put a crown on him. Forget all that good work he's done to get himself over. This is his new gimmick. Died on its arse. And finally, the biggest one for me, King Harley Race. Now, when Harley Race arrived in the WWF in 1986, I want to say, he had been, by this stage, a multiple-time NWA World Champion. Widely regarded as one of the toughest men to ever wrestle. Widely regarded at that point as one of the greatest of all time. And still held in very high regard. Hall of Famer multiple times all over the place with different companies. Vince, in his arrogance, decides no one's going to know who Harley Race is. So rather than letting him be Harley Race, the multiple-time world champion, genuine tough guy, etc., etc., they stick him in a crown... And then to make things worse, a gown or a cape that doesn't even fit him. It's far too small. They bleach his hair and get him to start calling himself King Harley Race for a period. And again, it just didn't work. I mean, Harley was at the end of his career and picked up quite a bad injury in in a match. And it was a payday. Yeah, it was a payday. He was coming to the end of his career, picked up an injury at a wrong time. So there was other factors there as well. But I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, could you imagine if we had the real world's champion Harley race from the NWA from Jim Crockett promotions from like, say, I don't know, 78, 79 through to 83 or whatever. If we had that character in the WWF going up against babyface Hulk Hogan, but Oh no, there's no money in that. Is there? Vince is not going to let that happen. No, no, but that is my entrance into the hall of lane this week. Magazine, my friend frosting, king gimmicks onto wrestlers and changing their career momentum i guess and mainly with king harley race in mind because of old school wrestling well go back and check out the videos mate the guy was superb i believe you i I, I mean i've seen king harley race no king harley race sucked real harley race Those are your entrants into this week's Hall of Lame here on Chain Wrestling Live. We have, shall we say, a royal wing for the Hall of Lame with regards to the King of the Ring entrance and the tag team referred to as the Lowdown. All ropey, left, right and centre. Just racism. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Just racism. There we go. Uh, Magsy, in the chat then, before we get on to our non-wrestling topic, have we got any comments with regards to anything we've said so far? Um, yep. So uh, King's Pig Banner says, don't blame him. He only does the artwork for the secret group. See? The, the <laughs> canavin. Canavin. Uh, Morty says, uh, the Damien Priest uh, Puerto Rico t-shirt was cool as fuck. Now, getting I'm on to Batlash, um, Getting on to Backlash, that 
over delivered as a show. What a great show. I mean, I, I told you about it on, on the Saturday. You didn't even remember it being on, did you? I, I didn't know. I didn't know it was on there. But what a brilliant show. And that match, uh, Bad Bunny. I mean, we've seen Bad Bunny uh, wrestle now a, a couple of times, and he's took to wrestling like a duck to water. You can tell he's a massive, massive fan. But the match against him and Darren Priest, with all the the kind of uh, callbacks to to Puerto Rico, amazing. Savio Vega was there. Um, Carlito was there. Carlito's pop. Oh my god! When his music hit, that yeah, and he looks he looks amazing. How is he not mm. still working for the WWF? He's uh, probably going to get re-signed now. From on the basis of that one pop, they'll probably re-sign him. They should. They absolutely should. But then they didn't re-sign him when uh, he was in the 2020 Royal Rumble, I want to say. Okay. Uh, and, and they didn't re-sign him then. Um, but yeah, what a great event. I really enjoyed it. I was double screening that in UFC, and that was drawing my attention more than UFC. So yeah, props oh, yeah. to WWE for that event. And Brock... I- Doing the job for Cody as well. I was going to say, how was Cody versus Lesnar? Because that was the only match that I knew was actually happening. Um, it, the match was was three star special. Cody okay. as Cody is, uh, but Brock sold like an absolute champ for for Cody. He Cody comes out of that match looking absolutely amazing. He he uh, busts Brock. Uh, well, Brock's head gets bust up on one of the 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 corner. Uh, Turnbuckle, uh, Xbox Turnbuckles, and he bleeds like he bleeds like Triple H at WrestleMania. That's how bad oh. he bleeds. Really good, and and the the end is just him covered in blood and just shocked that he's he's been beat. I think he it takes two crossroads to to put him down. But yeah, great match. Really, really good match. I will check that out. <laughs> you should. You definitely should. Um, King's Pig Banner says, out of context, the 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 T-shirt, uh, the Brit Meg T-shirt is absolutely rough. Connor there trying to add fuel to the fire, saying the CD ref should make a group chat where the sole reason is to make every poll 50-50. You, Connor, why? We <laughs> why? This is why we can't have nice things. Really. Exactly. Why, why do you want to cause so much trouble? Exactly, and King's Pig, King's Pig Banner says, we've already got one, Connor. We use carrier pigeons to communicate. Um, Dan Griffin says he thinks Regal was the last ah. good King of the Ring. Yeah, that's actually a good that's shout. A good no, uh, Corbin, I think Corbin was good value. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm not a massive Corbin fan anyway, but whereas I love Regal, so maybe my opinion's a bit tainted. Okay, that's fair. Uh, King's Pink Banner says there's only room for one King in here. Yes, fucking. <laughs> um, Dan Griffin they actually use it to propel him into a title shot against Orton yeah exactly uh, Scotty Daly says it was excellent it made it, the crowd made that shot yeah the the Puerto Rican crowd were they were like a, it reminded me of an English crowd they were on every um, every near fall every spot they were just rabid and all the pins they would count in Spanish and when people went into the into the uh, into the corner and did the ten punches, they did all all that counting Spanish. Yeah, it was so so fantastic. Good. Uh, Dan's saying he's watching Backlash now. So as soon as Almost finds whatever spark he's missing, uh, do you know I thought Almost looked really good against Seth Rollins as well. Um, I think he's going to be he's going to be a huge star, pun intended. 
Um, oh, okay. I mean, it's not easy for him to fix fix any problems he's missing. He just needs to go back and watch old Shawn Michaels and Barry Windham tapes, and he'll, he'll be made, right? Scotty Stanley says Carlito got the triple pop. He got the music. Yep. He got the coming out and then the backstabber and then the apple. So he actually got the quad pop. Um, (laughs) Like McMahon. (laughs) (laughs) And Shane. And Shane. Uh, Omos needs a big win. Yeah. I think think he's future world champion. He's Omos. Dan Griffin, all oh, definitely protested too much. There is no secret in CWF chat. Says, no, there's no secret. We are quite open about it. <laughs> and Scottish Danny, none whatsoever can confirm. I trust not a single one of you. <laughs> oh, dear me. Okay, then. Magzi, I suppose we better get on with a little bit of our non-wrestling topic this week, can't we? Let's do it. NWT time. Oh, no wrestling talk here. It's the non-wrestling topic. Lovely. Nice. Lovely. Nice. Oh, lovely. Lovely. Big filthy belch. Yes, indeed, indeed. No wrestling talk here, even though it does sometimes sneak in in a little way. Uh, Today's non-wrestling topic is terrible TV storylines. And what I was really intrigued about when I saw this popped in my head and I messaged Magsy and he guessed where the inspiration was coming from quite quickly, is not just terrible storylines from shows that you hate, but I thought there was going to be quite a bit of interest from terrible storylines from shows that you love. So those moments in your favorite soap opera that end up being just wobbly and embarrassing. We see it a lot as wrestling fans, let's be honest. I mean, hey, the whole Hall of Lame segment is invented for that. Um, And it's inspired by uh, Sharon, my my wife, my my amazing lady. She watches Hollyoaks, and each to their own. It's not my cup of tea, but there are certain aspects of Hollyoaks where I find entertaining, ever and so on, that uh, I don't. But there is one storyline in particular at the moment that I think is just absolute fucking nonsense. There's these three... I'm going to be quite harsh now, but I'm, I'm talking about the characters as opposed to the actresses, okay? There's these three fucking tarts, right? And they're pottering around in their high heels and, and ridiculous garb for where they're living and the amount of money they make and so on. One of them thinks they're a fucking ga- gangster or used to be a gangster. The other two are trying to convince the one who used to be a gangster to help them rob a bank so that they can get a oh, bit of money. To one, pay of, one, of them's a, one of them's a hippie as well. And yes. the other one's an idiot. That She is genuinely an idiot. Yes, exactly. Now, there are other storylines going on in Holly. I, I think Hollyoaks itself, again, it's not for me. I'm not a fan of soap operas, but Hollyoaks wins awards all the time at the soap, at the soap awards and, and so on for the way it deals with certain aspects of life. There's characters there that have been gay. There's characters there that have uh, had illnesses. I mean, there's, there's one particular character in the show at the moment, a young girl who's suffering with cancer deal is all dealt with really, really well. And it's, I think it's great because Hollyoaks is almost aimed at a slightly younger audience, or at least that's its catchment area anyway. So I think it does a really good job of covering those topics, but this is terrible. They call their, their what they're doing. Oh, it's a heist. The way they just talk sounds ridiculous. They set up a route 
in, in, in the middle of the village square where everyone can fucking see them. They've set up a load of trolleys and bits of metal and so on. So they can time themselves running from one end of the bank to the other. And it's like a map of the bank set out in the middle of the square, in the middle of the day. And then they try and run this in their high heels. And then they've got a big binder as well. This is the bit that tipped me over the edge. They've got a big binder, a big notebook pad thing that is full of their plans for their heist. <laughs> and it's even Drawing probably got, yeah, and like, you know, glitter on the front saying our plans to rob the local fucking bank or some nonsense like this. And they just leave it lying on the floor and somebody picks it up. It's absolute crap. Like for a show that deals with so many difficult, hard hitting topics, such as a Hollyoaks, I look at this and I think, what are you thinking? This is just... So that kind of inspired... And I messaged Magsy, and I said, it's been inspired by something on Hollyoaks, and he straight away messaged back, yeah, the three girls robbing the bank bullshit. And I was like, yes, Mr. Magsy, you are 100% correct. So... It's ridiculous. It is, it is. So that kind of uh, is where we have come from for this. So basically, Mr. Mags, I mean, you brought a little note up there from the chat was I was rambling away, and, and what does that say there? My good lady in the chat. Breaking away from the chat for a moment because the husband is demanding a cup of tea. I, I put please on the WhatsApp message I just sent, to be fair. That's not demanding, is it? I'm surprised even by the WhatsApp. I'm just when the 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 little interlude for the non-wrestling topic, I'm surprised it just shout, Sharon! <laughs> like Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> <laughs> like a fatter, cheese-chasing Aussie. Um <laughs> Uh, I will go through them, Mr. Mags, in the order they came into us. Oh, dear, dear, dear. Okay. Starting with our good friends at the Good Cop, Bad Cop Wrestling podcast at Good Bad Wrestle on Twitter. They say, hashtag worst, cost, uh, worst cop moment. Sorry, put my bloody teeth in. Bobby Ewing dying, but being reintroduced 30 episodes later as his death was merely a dream. That's the shower scene, isn't it? Is it Dallas Dynasty, something like that? Dallas. Dallas. It was a whole season as well. Right. Where he he was dead and the show carried on without him. And then the the finale of the season, or I think it it might have been the start of the next season, he, he comes out of the shower and just, oh, I had the most weirdest dream. And, and nothing had happened. <laughs> oh, dear me. It, it, we have spoken about that before, and I'm, 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 I need to look into it. And I've said this last time we spoke about it, so it's probably never going to happen. But I'm intrigued as to find out how it affected other storylines that they were working on at the same time. Because if everything's a dream... Yeah, they just started again. That's just... That's fucking stupid. Lazy. Lazy mobs. It is. It uh, is. Tag honourable mention. Good cop, bad cop says here. The Colbys which was a spin-off show to Dynasty, having a character disappear when they got on a UFO. <laughs> I mean, that's realistic, surely. Is it? No, it's definitely not. It's, it's not. It's not. That is... That, I've never heard of the Colbys. I remember. I don't remember, but I've heard of Dynasty. Yeah, Dynasty's the one with John Collins, I think. Right. Yes, okay. Uh, from the States, good cop, bad cop, we travel... A little bit further afield, all the way to Ramsey Street, we have our good friend here, Chris Mangle, at Mangle underscore Chris on Twitter. They say, I watched the first two series of Sons of Anarchy and was loving the show. Then they went down a rabbit hole of introducing long-lost family members in Ireland. It just seems to go on and on, so I gave up, although a friend did tell me it led to a violent conclusion. Okay. 
I didn't mind that storyline. I thought that was right. I'd never watched a single episode of Sons of Anarchy. Oh, Magsy, you'll love it. It, get, it, get, it gets a couple of mentions in in uh, from the Seed Riff as well. Mm. But yeah, it's, it's it was one of those shows where I missed the first couple of series, and then there was too much for me to catch up on, so I bagged it off. No, but that's the best because then you can watch it when you want. It's having want... the time to do it. Oh, okay, fair enough. So yeah, I, okay, I mean, I promise to the senior ref, I'll do a side promise. I'll I'll look into it. You're so full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Connor, our good buddy from the States as well, at Connor Knows Footy on Twitter. He says, Future Armour takes the cake for me for this topic. The show is one of my favourite adult animated shows of all time. It was great up until the final season in 2013, when they had half of the main characters die, including fan favourites, and they had Fry and Leela stop all of time and get married and grow old together until their de- until their deaths due to old age. Last year, they announced they're bringing the show back as a Hulu exclusive here in the States, and I hope they completely ignore the last episode and bring everyone back like nothing happened. Okay. Killing everyone off at the end is a bit... It doesn't give a happy ending, does it? Yeah, but then they didn't, I don't think. Did they not? I've never seen it, so I don't know. I'm sure, didn't they rewind time? I'm going to talk say hello, Sean. Oh. Okay. Rude, rude <laughs> shaft there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I want I want to say that, I mean, Connor will probably know better than me, but I'm mm. sure there's a storyline where they reverse time because they get the globe, Harlem Globetrotters involved to be able to do it. And Fry okay. moves all the planets to tell Leela that he loves her. But that might be a different storyline. But yeah, that was a ridiculous storyline. Well. Or a different show altogether. It could be, yeah. <laughs> it could be just nothing, nothing at all to do with it. But yeah, I, think I, was, I, I did that a few weeks back on um, the Waiting Room podcast, looking at Quantum Leaf. I was talking about some an episode coming up I'm really looking forward to. Um, that Sam on Quantum Leap leaps into somebody in a disco and has to save them from a fire and all this sort of stuff. Turned out what I was thinking of was actually an episode of Cold Case, which is a completely different show. You dumb motherfucker! <laughs> Did that have Quantum Leap style jumping into other people's bodies? No, not in the slightest. Okay. Yeah. And the main character is a lady in that as well. Yeah. Brilliant. Completely lost the plot there, mate. Dan Griffin, our good buddy, at Dan Griffin 21 on Twitter. The opening episode of the doctor who podcast came out this morning magsy on sjp world media mondays are are the the, yeah they're just so busy on the on the uh sjp world media channel check them out we've got doctor who pod on a monday uh waiting room podcast on a tuesday wednesday this podcast version of this comes out we've got in the corner as well with benny mac Uh, look it on a wednesday nitro nights on a so much and there's more and more coming all the time there is. There we go. I don't have to do it at the end of the show now. Um, <laughs> Dan says, Walking Dead hit a high when Negan came in in a brutal season opener. Then fuck all happened for virtually the entire season bar someone ridiculously being blown up indoors by a bazooka. It was dog shit and nearly killed my interest in the series. Walking Dead, Magsy, you seen that? No, but I know this episode that he's on about. Okay. Um, so Negan had a bit a baseball bat, and I'm sure it was wrapped in barbed wire. I don't know if it was called Barbie. It could have been. Um, I hope so. But he he basically caved people's heads in with it at the beginning of the, the season. Yeah, Negan. Okay. Yeah, I thought Negan was a girl's name. 
No, it's a bloke. Okay. I think he, he kind of like it's a power struggle to take control of the the group that of of survivors, and he he's I think he's very paranoid, and he he has two people who he suspects are against him. So he caves right. both their heads in with this with this uh with this baseball bat, and it's nice. pretty gruesome. Fantastic, and then nothing happens after it. Dan says so. Well, I mean. They're living in a zombie apocalypse. They've not got much that they have to do. It's just survive, isn't it? They've not got much they have to do. There you go. <laughs> he, he bonked Glenn in the head with a baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire and popped Glenn's out of his head. Jesus. Jeez. His ah, I think he means. I think it was his ah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. See, I always like the idea of, of the, the walking dead, but I'm also a little bit freaked out. Is it a bit too scary for me? Do you know what I mean? I don't know. I, another one of those shows where I didn't get in on the harp at the beginning, so I didn't get involved at all. Mm, fair enough, I think. So we're going to have a running theme with a lot of these shows, I think. Yeah, that's why we're so dependent on the CWF. They t- they fill in the blanks for us, my friend. Uh, Dan Griffin here continues with another show that I have not seen, but me Same. and Sharon definitely, definitely want to check it out. I mean, it sounds right up my street, set in the 80s and so on. That That's like my, that's right up my street. Uh, more recently, Dan says, Stranger Things Season 4. Main story, brilliant. The B story with Hopper and Joyce in Russia was funny in places, but ultimately just a step too far and too far into the ridiculous for me unless I looked at it as pure comic relief. Okay. I will look forward to that when we reach Season 4 if me and Sharon I, ever actually sit down to watch it. I know absolutely nothing about Stranger Things. It is something that has passed me the fuck bar. I have not got involved in any of it. I know there was a bit of Metallica in the end of it, wasn't there? I don't know. There could have been. Yeah, apparently it's a really cool scene where the one guy plays like guitar and so on. <laughs> Mags and Sa, let's ask the scene. <laughs> yeah, this isn't going well. <laughs> Next week, non-wrestling topic. Tell us what we should watch and we'll watch it and come back. <laughs> Didn't know right, you yeah, yeah, we won't watch it at all. I'll just, I'll just read some on Google and try and blag it, I expect. But there we go. It's that time of the week again. We have our good buddy, Steve-O. Everybody say what time is it? Steve-O. At Total Steve-O on Twitter, he says, Well, what jumped immediately to me was by 2006 in the bill, it started to decline badly. I felt more like a soap than a police drama and is unbearable to watch. I'll tell you what, Mags, I remember watching the bill when I was really little, just as my parents had it on, and I can remember a conversation between my mum and my dad saying, I don't know if it was around this time, but saying, oh, this has become too bloody dramatised now, it's not about catching the bad guys anymore. If it was around this time, and you were little, and no. hearing your mum and dad say it... No, listen. You would have been like 25... Yeah, on this town, which is littler than I am now in age and waist. <laughs> you know, no, what I mean is, I can remember my mum and dad watching certain episodes of the Bill and having a conversation at some point, saying the same as what Steve was saying. So I wonder if it that it, they'd fell off. They wanted yeah. to watch people getting nicked for for shoplifting, and yeah. then it got too real. Yeah, that's it. There we go. I don't like it when drama starts coming into shit. It's like Cold Case I mentioned earlier on. I love that show. It was all about catching criminals from crimes 
God knows how many years ago, really well done. You had flashbacks and all that. And then it starts getting into, well, this lady detective is sleeping with this lawyer and this guy who's got a girlfriend outside of work and they're having... I don't give a shit about all of that. Just catch the bad guys. There was a similar program that uh, me and and Mrs. Maggs used to absolutely love called Waking the Dead. Similar similar theme, doing cold cases and stuff like that. Uh, But they kept the kind of... um, the the interlinking story between the the police at a minimum it was a, the majority of it focused on the on the cold cases so yeah that may be more up your street yeah okay I, I remember that is that that's got um Trevor Eve is in it um, yes and Sue um, Sue from uh, Brookie Sue Johnston that's it Sue Johnston yeah she was in Crime Traveler as well Crime Traveler yeah. I've never heard of that. They only made eight episodes. And I, 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 I don't. I don't understand why. Well, it was written by Barry Horowitz. No, it wasn't. Anthony <laughs> <Horowitz>. <laughs> it was written by See, Anthony Horowitz. He, he got. He strong armed his way into the he show did. somehow. He did. Uh, who did um, uh, Murder in Mind? And it's about a policeman who has a friend who has a time machine and they travel back in time to help to help solve crimes. And it was made in the late nineties. So it feels like an episode of charmed sometimes like that nineties vibe, you know, Buffy or whatever, but it was quite good. It weren't too bad. I I bought it on DVD a few weeks back. I think the eight episodes run says it was crap. It doesn't because they changed the head of the BBC at the time. It just didn't get picked up. That's what happened, but it was good. It it was all right. I mean, it's, it's not, it's no quantum leap, but it was all right. I don't believe you. I believe it was crap. The biggest thing that put me off, though, was that the main character in it. Sorry. (laughs) The main character was um, the guy who played David Wicks in EastEnders. Okay. So it was like David Wicks traveling in time. Was was he called Nick Berry? No, that's the other Wicks, isn't it? That's the other one. Simon Wicks, that is. Yeah. He went to Heartbeat, didn't he? He did, yeah. Mm. As a copper. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, Steve-O continues. <laughs> in and around the early 90s, they focused a lot on certain crimes every week, i.e. burglars, abductions, again, too much. Okay, so Steve-O likes a broad scope, a variety to his crime. He doesn't want I, think he likes it, I think he likes it focused on everyday crime, not a ridiculous scenes week in, week out at one okay. particular police station. Mm. I mean, that police station would be under internal review and it'd be shut down, wouldn't it? Surely. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Uh, also, there is a special Don Beach series of this time <laughs> in Australia. I love spin off specials. They're fucking stupid. <laughs> Absolutely stupid, aren't they? Steve says it's atrocious, spelt in capital letters. <laughs> it must be that's terrible. when you know he's mad. <laughs> that's when you know it's bad. Uh, <laughs> the acting is so bad, and I can't understand how they dropped the ball on it i've watched it three times and i've watched it three times <laughs> <laughs> just to get the first two it was steve fault. that was brilliant it's atrocious in capital letters but i've watched it three times um i can't believe how poorly acted it is it makes no sense i recently went through line of duty again series four is by far the worst not as bad as i initially thought but compared to the other five it just doesn't fit some of the characters i just don't buy into also, the end of Line of Duty is so flat. That disappointed me and many others. Yeah, my sister mentioned that. As well. I've never seen it, but my sister mentioned that as well, saying like the end of it just sucked. Another program where I didn't watch the first season, so I didn't carry on with any of the others. 
I was seeing a theme developing here. <laughs> <laughs> Steve-O says, I just watched Derek for the first time. Series one, excellent, very heartwarming and subtle comedy. Series two and final hour special are just terrible. Comedy too in your face, no emotion to it. Just Ricky Gervais wanting to make things, take things too far as ever. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I, I thought mean, Derek was all right. The good thing of Derek was Carl Pilkington in a, in a Hulk Hogan. Oh, yeah. The skull cap job. Yeah. That hairdo. Oh. He just looked like an absolute nonce. And yeah, it, it was him, the, the pervert. Um, yeah, I think they had some brilliant characters in that show, but I, yeah. I think Steve was right. Um, it, it did go overboard. That should have been a one and done kind of show, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Detectorists, Steve O says, released a one off Christmas special last year. Should have just left it how it end- ended five years ago. Once again, it seems to have been made for the sake of it. Every episode is fantastic. Then that came out last year and was just, I was just left dejected. I know Chris Bellis feels the same too. Yeah. The Detectorist, that's the Mackenzie Crook, I think. Oh, the skinny dude from the office. Yeah, from the real office. From the real office, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, Lost, Steve-O says. What is it? Seven series? 24 episodes per series? Incredible series one and two. After that, completely falls off a cliff. It picks up again at series five, but an example of a network pouring money on something to make more for the sake of it. Yeah, I mean that's that's very true, but I think it also is um it's it's the epitome of a show getting way too popular uh before the writers had any clue where the mm. actual story was going. You can tell that they probably had two seasons that panned out, but then after that they absolutely winged it and it started to make no sense whatsoever. Yeah, and you get those cliffhangers of, oh, my God, what's going on, which makes you tune in again the following week, Mm -hmm. and it's just nonsense. Yeah, just clickbaiting. Yeah, and the end of that was shit. Yeah, it was. I don't think they they had a a cohesive story. Once they knew Mm. they had to expand more than a couple of seasons, yeah, it went out the window. And Steve-O finishes up here by saying, oh, yeah, I watched Luther at Fallen Sun the other week. Once again, just can't suspend my disbelief. Crap CGI and a ridiculously over-the-top story. If you watch, the ending is ridiculous. Like so, Luther, I loved. I watched, I watched Luther Fallen Sun yesterday, and I didn't okay. even know that Steve had mentioned it. I have never watched an episode of the, the TV show Luther, uh, but this come up on um, a uh, recommender for Netflix. And it starts off okay-ish i suppose i mean i assume uh the film gives you a lot of that it gives you a very condensed backstory so luther is this copper who uh it can be a douchebag but he he gets the job done like Mm -hmm. outside of the law (laughs) that's not that's not a tired trope at all is it no but this gets very ridiculous very quickly. Uh, so he's involved in a case where a kid has been kidnapped and he promises the parent that he'll find the kid. Uh, it turns out the kidnapper is Gollum, uh, Andy Serkis, uh, and this kidnapping is part of a massive ploy that's been going on for decades, and it's uh, this uh, Andy Serkis has got uh, dirt on loads of other people and he used that dirt to get them to do things that they wouldn't ordinarily do. 
and it all ends up in the middle of of an iceberg where there's a house been built and there's a, a red room which is like a room where people are murdered and other people can watch on on like a a, a stream it's all it's ridiculous it's and everything happens so quickly i mean there's a part where they're in the underground in london and then the very next scene they're traipsing through this this uh iceberg in in uh in norway it makes no sense whatsoever i mean unless i'm missing stuff from not watching the tv show it makes absolutely no sense uh it's it's daft it's a daft mm-hmm. film i enjoyed watching it but it, it does get very daft See, the first season of Leafair I watched, and I thought it was brilliant. And I'm fairly certain the second season was good as well. But then it got really silly for me. But I kept mm-hmm. watching because I'd watched the you first two. And I, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, But the, this this has come out, and I've not actually had any, you know, nothing's made me think I must press play on that, to be fair. Yeah, it, it's, it starts off very Sherlock Holmes-esque, like the, the Benedict Cumberbatch version of Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. And then it it falls down a massive manhole very mm. quickly. Uh, Okie doke. Uh, ja at Yalmoroit on Twitter. He says, "Prison Break loved the first couple of series. Binged them every night. Then they got shit, but still felt like I had to get through them. And it became my own prison, <laughs> trying to break out of watching them. Also, Dream Team loved it, but fucking hell, some of the storylines were shit. Prison Break, first of all." Season one, amazing. Season I think two, we've, men- we've mentioned Prison yes. Break on this show before, and yeah. I have not watched it then, and I haven't watched it since. It's the one with the he gets the the map tattooed on his yes. back, doesn't it? Yes, yeah. The season two is very good as well, but then it's like, how many times are you all going to get put back in exact in this not the same prison, but all of you together? Yeah, we're, talk- we're, t- yeah, we're not talking. Is, shit. Isn't season one where he has to find a way to break? someone out of prison yes his brother yeah. season two is no we've got to bring it back into the that same prison is that right no season two they're all on the run and it's how they that was cleverly done because a gang of them break out and they're only working together to get out and then they all go their separate ways and some wow. characters you like some you don't and it's how some of them attract dying how some all the different ways of trying to, that was that was quite good um because it is so, like they, so they didn't have to break back in no, no. But then the third I don't know I've, series, I've done a sigh and imagined a totally different story. No, no, no. Hang on. I'm getting to that. The third <laughs> series, they all get put into a prison again, I think. But it's like a prison where there's no guards because it's the deadliest place in the world. And it's just fucking bollocks, basically. And then there's another show where they get out of that and then they have to break into a prison. It's just It just gets okay. stupid, mate. Sounds yeah. it. I'm glad I've missed it then. Yeah. I mean, look, the first series, second series, good. But yeah, Sharon in the chat there saying teabag makes me want to puke. Yeah, he is a horrible dude. Is, horrible, is, horrible dude. Is that the Wentworth Miller character? No, he's the main character. Teabag oh, is, yeah. um, he's just, a, I mean, he's like a sex offender and that's what he's inside for. Oh. But he's yeah. like a proper nasty, slimy, horrible little, he's just horrible little nonce, basically. Dream Team, Magsy. Did yes. you used to watch Dream Team? I watched it, but I can't remember half the storylines. So reading okay. uh, reading Jar's next post, 
it's one of those like, oh yeah, that happened. The only storyline I remember was um, the chairman having a heart attack, and then his wife ends up taking over the club, and she's shagging the the main striker Fletch. I think she was called uh, Linda okay. Block. Yeah, and she, I think okay. she ended up in Coronation Street for a while as well. Hmm. Um, interesting yeah jar does give us a few examples of create and this is exactly the sort of thing we were looking for we weren't looking for shows that we thought were, were, were shit we're looking for just stupid storylines and this really ticks the box uh just a few he says yeah <laughs> the club captain is shot by a sniper whilst lifting the fa cup <laughs> uh a fan at a friendly game is given a chance to play becomes a star right okay uh, the goalkeeper in gambling debt holds the entire team hostage before being killed by a SWAT team. That happens every week. It, you know, yep. that's, that's always that's weekly at the turf. That's it. Yeah, that's it. And the former manager bombs the team bus in the Millennium Stadium car park. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. Can you imagine that? Sam Allardyce just with a grenade, you know. <laughs> and then, and Chris uh, Hamilton, well, Chris has uh, chipped in. The best thing about Dream Team was the wonderful stadium it was filmed in. I'm guessing it was at Millwall then. I, I believe so, yeah. But yeah. that kit, the Harchester United kit was, was awesome. Purple, isn't the, it? The purple with the dragon, yeah. Right, okay. We had a purple kit. I mean, Sharon ran off at all club. Purple and black it was. Lovely. Uh, cool. Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Just thought I'd make that link as we were talking about purple kits. All right, be a prick then. Fine. Um, <laughs> at Jimmy Evans for real on Twitter. He says breaking bad, but doesn't elaborate on what particular stories were you know not good or not up to scratch for him so i'm assuming it's just breaking bad in general, in general he was pissed I, off with I, I love the fact that the jimmy comments first of all we appreciate that yes but of he, course. he always leaves you wanting more he does he always comes in with no context whatsoever drops his answer and then just doesn't give you any kind of feedback brilliant he always has us wondering doesn't he oh he jimmy does. he's an enigma he is indeed uh rob at utt rob on twitter he says, love Star Trek, but season three of the original starts to get a bit ropey. I didn't, I didn't, I think they made two. Obviously, I'm wrong. Rob is, Rob knows far more than I, of course. But I didn't realize they went into like the third series and fourth series. Well, if, if they did, it was four series too many. Okay. The next, <laughs> <laughs> the next four spin-offs, Rob says, Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager and Enterprise all struggled to find their feet in the first couple of seasons. Uh, okay. Enterprise has got Scott Backler in it, who was uh, Sam Beckett. It has, yeah. Mm, there we go. I'm full of facts today, mate. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm just in awe of your in- intelligence. Where is this intelligence every other week when we get to Mags versus Sack? On the note of sort of facts and Quantum Leap, it was 30 years ago this week, the last episode of Quantum Leap first aired. Jesus Christ, that's aged terribly. What? Uh, okay. And, it, you know, that, that famous still scene with the, the black and the white writing just says Dr. Sam Beckett didn't re- never return home. <laughs> he died. He never he died on home. the way to his home planet. <laughs> and what made it even worse, Magsy, they spelt his fucking name wrong. Uh, on their own show that yep. they've been doing for seasons and seasons and seasons. Yep. Terrible. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Cam at Cam Griff 92 on Twitter. 
He says, must have, he, he must have been said already, but the fly episode in Breaking oh, Bad is yeah. dog shit. This was fucking annoying. Yeah. In one episode, the one episode the wife agreed to watch along cemented her view that everything I watch is shite. Yeah. Yeah. It's like as if uh, the your partner had agreed to watch wrestling and it was suddenly um, SummerSlam 2005, Hogan versus Shawn Michaels. Right. It's a terrible episode. It's literally all in in one tiny area, and it's all about this flag contaminating the the meth and how mm. obsessed Walter gets over killing this flag. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I remember it. Yeah, I remember it. I don't remember much else about the show, but I remember that. You know, do you remember the pizza being thrown on the roof? Oh yes, yeah. He, do you know that fun fact? He did that in one take. Brilliant. Yeah. Oh, see, I I did enjoy Breaking Bad, but again, it, it, there were times it moved too slow for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I preferred, and this will be a hot take. I preferred Better Call Saul. Right. Okay. I think the character of Saul Goodman is is the best thing that came out of Breaking Bad. See, I I never got on with prequels, mate, or like origin stories yeah, or anything like I, that. I get, I understand that, but Saul is a character that that you needed to know why he was the way he was. Okay. I did watch, I think the first series, but again, I can't remember anything about it. So well, all, they're all on Netflix. If you, if you don't want to be like me, you can get on watch now. Fair enough. Uh, Cam continues. <laughs> uh, Sons of Anarchy and the OP storyline still not recovered. Okay. Sharon in the chat. Ah, here is Cam himself, just as we're reading out his comment here. Hello, Cam. Sons of Anarchy and the OP storyline. Sharon and Cam in the chat. Just remind me, OP, what happened there? And I, I'm going to shout out now to anyone listening on the podcast or in the chat. This might be a spoiler if you've not seen it, but it's been around for a little while. <laughs> it's, now. Been a, it's like a decade. It's only been on. Yeah. I know it's quite sad, but remind me what happens there. Yes, there we go. And Cam also says, most importantly, though, <laughs> this is brilliant. Most importantly, though, why are we still seeing Dungeon of Doom and Nasty Boy matches on Nitro? He's right. Yeah. I mean, if WCW was still going now, you would still be seeing Dungeon of Doom and Nasty Boys. Oh, I've, uh, I've got a big issue with the Nasty Boys. This is the wrong show to go into it on, but I've got a big issue with the Nasty Boys. So there we go. Cam gives uh, a little bit of context, says it's more the ending, to be honest. And Sharon says, Ope, I got this. And then he then he dies. I think he does, yeah. When they were in the prison, in prison. Okay, right. Oh, yeah, he's twigged. He's twigged, folks. Yeah. It only took three so. comments. Yeah, and he, yeah, it's not good. It's not good. But there we go. And finally, well, no, not finally, because I know I have missed someone's comment. I know I have. And it's Scottish Danny who I have missed. So we'll come to that in a moment. But at Pig's Bladders, the Photoshop wizard himself. Yes. The end to Game of Thrones. They did so well over so many seasons, so many seasons telling compelling stories only to completely fuck up the ending. Such a disappointing climax, like the shame you feel after pleasuring yourself over a picture of Queen Camilla. Oh, you can be as rude as you like with me. Um, this, to to book a trend, uh, uh, Jesus Christ, can you imagine 
get even getting stiff over that horse face grin. I don't know. I what just stop. <laughs> right, anyway, um to book a trend, this was actually a show that I did miss the harp and then got into just as I think just as the eighth series was about to start. So me and the wife, we binged all our spare time. We were watching Game of Thrones and we were invested. And then that eighth season happened and I I hate the fact that I wasted my time getting into it because Daenerys has more heel face turns than a fucking big show. It's ridiculous. Um, okay. Th- the fact that Bran, the 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 least interesting character in the whole show, ends up being the fucking king, is ridiculous. Oh yeah, I hated I hated that ending with with a passion. Absolutely, with weren't, a passion. Weren't they? Wasn't this all from books, though? So didn't people know this was what's going to happen? No, because he hadn't written... George R.R. R. Martin is notorious for taking his time writing books. He hasn't even finished the story of Game of Thrones yet. I think they, for the last maybe four seasons, they kind of winged it. Right, okay. So, yeah, it was it was ridiculous. That's Saz coughing his little guts up. Oh, for goodness sake. Fair enough. Uh... Scottish Danny on Twitter, I have found it. At Scottish Juggalo, he says, So the main story of my favourite show involves a very realistic gang of intruders hell-bent on causing... <laughs> a very realistic gang of intruders hell-bent on causing havoc and carnage, attacking innocent people, taking over production trucks, etc. Etc. Sorry, my throat. Halfway through an episode... <laughs> Halfway through an episode of said favourite show, a fucking leprechaun appears and runs around. Yes, 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 indeed. I love the way that Scottish Danny says that Monday Nitro is his favourite show, though. That genuinely makes me smile. I don't think it's Monday Nitro. I think it's the fact that you guys are reviewing it on Nitro and that's that, it, that makes him smile. Oh, yeah. He, he, honestly, we're going for a great period of TV in 96 WWE, and Danny loves it. He loves it. He got completely worked when you had the fake Sting and all that sort of stuff. He thought Sting was genuinely joining it. Oh, he, he, he loved it. Uh, I mean, honestly, it makes the show, the fact that we've got a huge wrestling fan and a genuinely top fantastic fella like Scottish Danny, mm-hmm. watching this product for the first time, it, it makes the show for me. It makes Nitro Nights. It's fantastic. Which you can hear every single Thursday on the SJP World Media Network. Uh, that's what I've got from Twitter, Mister Max. Have you got any? Have I missed any? Have you got any shites yourself? Uh, or uh, so yeah, I don't think you've missed any more off Twitter. Um, for okay. me, um, there's one storyline that that stands out, uh, and it ruined a show that was probably one of the best shows that TV had, especially here in Britain, um, ever. Uh, so in 1991, one of uh, the most beloved characters in British TV um, went on holiday with his wife and he ended up uh, being uh, washed out to sea. Um, the, the, the Coast Guard went to look for him, but unfortunately to no avail, they couldn't find him. I'm clearly talking about... Um, Harold Bishop. Uh, oh, Jenny Belly himself. Married to the the beloved Madge. Um, stars of 
of the Hitshaw neighbours. Now, Madge was distraught and she ended up uh, moving away. So essentially it was to write off two actors who were leaving the show. But they didn't leave it at that, did they? Because five years later, they brought Harold back and he was a fucking bloke called Ted and he'd had amnesia for five years and he ended up magically coming back to Ramsey Street um, where I think he, he was helping somebody, a new character, move in to, to the show. Um, and he started having little bits where he rem- he had little flashbacks of, I remember, this is like deja vu. Uh, and then Helen Daniels, another character on the show, uh, tried to tell him who he was. They rung Madge, who lived at the other side of Australia, but yet within the same episode, she was back on a plane to Erinsborough. Uh, and gradually he got his memory back and and that was it they just they did the the whole um Dallas this was all a dream thing but it took him five years instead of doing it over one season this was a five year storyline of Harold Bishop dying but really surviving and having amnesia and being a fucking removal removal guy called Ted so mm. that that is my horrible storyline. Yeah, it's not a good look, is it? No, I'm, I mean, I was glad when he actually had a heart attack and died in the show because it was just ridiculous. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, dear me. Um, the only one that really pops to my mind, well, I say the only one, uh, I mentioned earlier on about how shows I love start off, you know, like crime shows, detective shows, whatever, start off brilliant. And, you know, they're catching the bad guys and all this sort of stuff. And then their families start getting involved and we have storylines where they, you know, we hear about their life away from catching the the bad guys. And it's like, I end up about all that. Just, just, just catch the criminals. I'll do me. Mm-hmm. You know, that frustrates me. But uh, we've mentioned it several times on the show already. I'm going to slate Quantum Leap now. The end. Shut up. Season five of Quantum Leap. They are desperately searching for ratings. I would would jump on my push bike and travel to Burnley. And when I get there in three weeks time, I will slap your little (laughs) rain. They're desperate for ratings. Uh, The beauty of Quantum Leap was... It's a guy going back in time to put right what once went wrong in very small aspects. He's, he's affecting one or two people's lives. In the fifth series, he leaps into Lee Harvey Oswald in one episode. Fucking ridiculous. He leaps into Marilyn Monroe's chauffeur. Fucking ridiculous. And, and, and the last but one, I think it is the last but one episode of Quantum Leap, he leaps into Elvis Presley himself. <laughs> it's just it was just a ratings grab because the you know the, the show was not doing as well as it was in season two and three which was like the, the peak of the show and it just it just took away from what i loved about that program in the first place really but yeah you can hear all about that on the waiting room it comes out every tuesday morning on sjp world media look at that you professional with the plugs Hey, I'm getting good at this shit, mate. It's only took a couple of years. <laughs> uh, Maxi, do we have anything in the chat before we get on to, well, I was going to say a little bit of wrestling, but... Mm. So um, Dan says that he feels that you didn't fully realise that what you'd read out when you read King's Pigs Banner's comment. I think mainly the part of shame that you feel after you pleasured yourself over our, our ruling queen, 
Camilla. I, I, I effectively Ron Burgundy it. Ron Burgundy. <laughs> you just who put a question mark? On the <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> Sharon says she's still not seeing seeing Game of Thrones, and then she says, "Stop shaming authors." Now, I did not shame an author whatsoever. Uh, I, I, I fully appreciate and acknowledge that it is uh, an amazing skill and you you should take all the time it it, it needs to 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 uh, write your stories the issue is with hbo couldn't wait and they basically wanted to strong arm uh george into giving a, a finale and then when he he couldn't or didn't want to they just made it up as they go along so it was not about authors at all. It was about the greedy TV companies. I, I, will, I will say, with regards to authors, bang a couple more books out, love. Do you know what I mean? I want to retire. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dan Griffith says, George R.R. R. Martin is a proper book tease. He hasn't released a game. Of, yeah, I've, wow. I bet he's wrote well, about yeah. five of them. And he's like, shall I release them? No, fuck them. <laughs> I will read them. Just me. These are my stories. <laughs> yeah, these are just mine. And I'll I'll purposely rip the last page out of every single one of them. So none of you know the ending. Cam Griffin says natural for laugh. Yes. And then issues us with a spoiler alert. Ooh. Oh shit. Uh, That's true. The stuff I'm talking about just then. We've recorded it, but it don't come out till this week. What what stuff? The, the nitro stuff I was just talking oh, about. Oh, yeah. That yeah. <laughs> that happened. So you've ruined it for Cam. Cam is also watching Nitro along with you, and you've basically just... You've Eric Bischoffed him. You give away mm. raw results on the show. I so you don't very, need to tune sorry. into Nitro Nats. You could be aware the show is live. I am very, very, very sorry, Cam. I, I'm genuinely gutted I've done that. Um, Sharon says that's okay then she know, knows she's got another 10 years uh, of, of writing to go uh, Dan Griffin says worst wrestling storyline Katie Vick or Claire Claire Lynch who's Claire Lynch was that the one in TNA yeah it's the one AJ who Style? AJ Styles got her up the duff and he didn't really he didn't even know her right okay uh, Dan Katie Griffin Vick, says I think it, is worst yeah that's that yeah. I mean it's that bad it's good that's that I mean, it's it's jump the shark. At least AJ was sleeping with somebody who was alive. Yeah, but he wasn't. No, okay, but at least it was in and, well, yeah, but Kane didn't really sleep with a dead body. And surely though, sexual chocolate Mark Henry is worse than them all. He, oh, yeah. He has to do on an old old bitter. <laughs> he then cheats on China with a transvestite. And then him and said, oh, Billy, have a hand as a child. Yeah. And then also in his therapy session, didn't he re- reveal that he'd been shagging his sister? Sure he did. I don't know. Oh, oh, that, that bit doesn't ring a bell. It happened. Believe me. Read okay. up about it. Or watch the episode oh, where him and, his se- him and his sister got it on. So apparently, anyway, back to back to George R. R. Martin. He's written about eleven to twelve hundred of the pages, and apparently has got four. To, the fucker's going to be dead before he finishes that next book, isn't he? Because he's, I guess so. he's not the healthiest of men. He's a big he old. Uh, he's he's very rotund, shall we say? Oh. Anyway, uh, 
Cam says, not ruin, sir. Thanks, pal. Looks like, sir. I'm sorry. Hashtag cancel, sir. Next book coming out on the 13th of May. Shameless pug. Oh, yes. In a week. Less than a week. Yes, indeed. So, yes, indeed. Okay. We will have all the links for Sharon's next book all over the place on SJP World Media and lots of other news incoming too. Shh, it's a big, big secret. No one can know yet. But yeah, lots of good news coming from Sharon and the book world in general. So make sure you're... Uh, I think the next book, Shah, is actually for charity. So oh, make sure that's you're awesome. sticking your hand in your pocket there. Definitely, definitely. Uh, Dan Griffin says, The hand was real. We saw him all oh, grown yeah. up. No, we saw him, what was it? It was 10 years, he was meant to be 10 years old, and he was like a 30-year-old bloke wearing glasses in a <laughs> hand uh, costume. Yeah, so we didn't, it was a fake. That was like a switched-up birth hand. Mm. Anyway. Um, Sharon you, felt said, very, you felt very strongly about that, just to be clear. Yeah, I mean, I, I, overly strong. It's, it's almost like being a wrestling fan has warped my mind. <laughs> Uh, Sharon says it is for charity, mate. Is was that your impression of uh, doing smashing nasty there, Sharon? I think it is. I think it is. Yeah, well done. Uh, and last, last but uh, not least, might as well let the news out now, sir. You're making me feel bad now, and to be fair, rightfully so. Mm. I mean, you, you are an arsehole for it. I am a little bit. I apologise. I apologise. Sel- just selfish, selfish. Really. Yeah, that's what anyway. Think. Should we talk some wrestling? Let's get ready to rumble. Let's get ready to rumble. Ah, caught what? you. Caught you. Getting a mouthful of tea then. Look, and the tea, the man, the, the Down tea in a bottle of vodka there. No, down, definitely tea. Down man. in a bottle of vodka. Oh, I couldn't drink vodka straight right now in my throat. I'd die. But there we go. There we go. We have two matches to cover this week because the CWF, in their wisdom, made the poll a 50-50 effort again. Because they hate us and they don't like nasty things. Well, in a way, they're getting both options. So, yeah. So that selfish though, because we have to, we have to watch both of them mm. and then talk about both of them. Yeah. We've got to cram two matches into 35 minutes before we go over over time. Yeah, and I get grouchy and grumpy because I'm tired. Yeah, exactly. So you see what yes. you, you, you so you've ruined it for Shah more than anything. <laughs> Think about that, CWF, because Shah will have to put up with a grumpy Sar. It's just not fair on her. So yeah, there we go. I'm not mad. There I'm just go. disappointed in you. Well, okay. Rightfully so again. Rightfully so again. Uh, where do you want to start, Mags? At the end. Both matches were crap. Where are we going to next week? <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> we'll do what, let's do what we did last week and go in date order again, shall we? What was the word for that, though? Um, date order. Yeah. And now I've said that, I realise I've got my notes open at the wrong page to be able to do that. But there we go. I found them. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> We'll go in the order that I am not prepared for. <laughs> SummerSlam 2005, Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero for the fucking custody of a child. What the <laughs> hell is this crap? It's terrible. This, I mean, you talk about shit storylines. This is, it's, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely, I mean, the whole storyline of Dominic being uh, the his actual father being Eddie Guerrero 
that I mean, it's not based in too much reality, but there's something there. It's the fact that custody can be assigned by who wins a ladder match. That's that's wrong, I think. It's just uh, and okay, let's get into it, shall we? I mean, the storyline itself is is absolute bullshit. Let's be clear. The outside, the, the sort of around the outsides of this. Apparently, Rey Mysterio had to explain to Dominic's school that this mm-hmm. he was not actually fighting for custody of Dominic because <laughs> because concerned. the school believe in kayfabe. The headmaster exactly. just it was real to him. Damn it! And Dominic was genuinely, you know, upset and concerned. He'd have to go home with Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> Can you imagine? Dad, he said Dad, in an interview I've recently, seen him sniffing cocaine off his car keys. I don't <laughs> really have to go home with him, do I? Uh, can you imagine how traumatized this poor lad is? And you yeah. add to that as well the fact that he's in this massive, massive arena. What was it 15 odd thousand in this building? I think 15, 16 thousand, something like that. And he keeps having a camera literally shoved in his mush every 30 seconds. Yeah. And you he's know. sat with a social worker as well, lest we forget. Mm. Not yeah. even his mum. His mum's backstage. Yeah, it's not a good look at all, is it? No. It's really bad. It's not. Uh, the story and is it, just so embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, the story is that uh, that uh, Dominic is really Eddie's son. That he's, he's not Ray's son at all. And Ray helped Eddie out when he was uh, at a low point in his life, when he didn't think he could look after uh, Dominic. Um and the the Mysterios took him in, uh, but now uh, Eddie is in a better place. He thinks he can can look after uh, the young kid, but it's really more about Eddie being paranoid and, and jealous that he can't beat Rey Mysterio. It's about yes. being the better man. Um, so yeah, it's 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 fucking ridiculous. I mean, any excuse to have a Eddie versus Rey match. I don't think it needs all this this hogwash. No, it's 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 the the match could speak for itself. I mean, unfortunately, uh, this match didn't. I don't want to be contradictory to the stuff I've said in the past because I'm a big fan of having a reason for two. I, I don't mind a cold match occasionally. Two guys just go in the ring and, and, and see if they can tear it up, and, and off they go with their athletic ability. However, I normally like to have a reason why two guys are wrestling. Whether that is just simply for a title match, a title shot, uh, a grudge, whatever. I mean, you have. Sorry, Maxi, go on. I was just saying they they had the reason uh, Eddie could never beat Rey Mysterio. Well, this is it. This is it. What's that? You didn't need to bring in the fact that someone else, your kid, is actually my kid and you were only looking after him and we're going to fire in a ladder match where the winner gets a briefcase with the documents that says, this kid belongs to me. That's terrible, isn't it? Do you know what makes it even worse? That I didn't realise. Well, I must have, because I saw all this at the time, so I would have known, but I've never gone back and and watched it because I hate it. But I totally forgot about this aspect of this match. It's Rey Mysterio that suggests the stipulation. Yes. That makes no sense. I mean... I, I would assume in America there is some court that would allow this to to stand. <laughs> I mean, Delaware, probably, or Alabama, they'd, they'd probably allow this to stand. But, yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. The storyline is ridiculous. 
big shout out and much love to all our listeners from Delaware and Alabama, by the they way. They don't uh, know how to work the internet. Uh, for crying out loud, Max. <laughs> um, the match begins. Uh, well, well, first of all, they, they end up on the outside very early and going for the ladder very early. It's not like when we've looked at ladder matches in the past and we have some work in the ring first. The ladder is very prominent right from the off. Yeah. Um, we have a springboard dropkick by Rey Mysterio at one point to knock Eddie, Eddie off a ladder very early on. That was that was quite cool. And we get a lot of spots that I suppose now have become the norm in ladder matches with certain wrestlers <laughs> uh, and people. I mean, you, you have wrestlers who use springboards. Rey Mysterio is a perfect example. A lot of springboards off the ropes in, in his whole career. So adding the ladder to it as well, you're kind of seeing stuff that it's not new and fresh at this point, but even more so to... to today what is it 18 years later or whatever it may well be it's it's even less yeah. fresh i guess it's quite you know it the the match i mean the storyline is terrible but the match i don't think it's aged well because no. because the ladder matches have been so innovative in in the time since this um and there's a lot of spots that Kind of go around uh, the first mm-hmm. time they attempt to sunset flip off the off the ladder. Um, that's a, that's botched. Um, there's the whole ending where Vicky Guerrero is late and Eddie Guerrero is absolutely going mental about it and uh, swearing where the fuck is Vicky. Um, so in going back to it with a fresh pair of eyes, this is not the best ladder match that you'll see, and it's certainly not the best Eddie versus uh, Ray match you'll ever see. No, I mean a couple of those botches you mentioned there. The one where Eddie tries to do a sunset flip into a power bomb off a ladder. Mm-hmm. Ray ends up having to just throw himself onto the mat. Yeah, because he's like, yeah, because um, he's and, still on the ladder and he could easily just trot it up and won the match. Exactly, exactly. Um, it's not long after that that I twigged on how often we're getting these extreme close-ups of. A, a, I mean, he's seven years of age here, Dominic. Mm-hmm. You know, and it just starts to get quite uncomfortable. Yeah, it loses its edge as well because mm. he he has the same face. I mean, the kid is a is a young kid, never been in the in the limelight before, uh, but he he has the same expression pretty much all the way through. Yeah, so it kind of like loses its its edge, I suppose. And Michael Cole is there shouting, "Look how upset he looks! Look how happy he looks!" And it's just the same. Yeah, and awesome. it, I. Bought- but we do uh, get a little bit of a revelation from Michael Collin. Um, it's actually made me respect him a hell of a lot. He says that his, his uh, sons are both adopted, which I think, mm-hmm. do you know what? Manning up, it takes, uh, it, any man can be uh, a father, but it takes a real person to be a dad. And yeah, props to Michael Cole for that. Yeah, exactly, mate, exactly. Uh, we get a few spots that are look quite uncomfortable as well. There's a, a, a baseball slide on the outside, or, or maybe even a low-level drop kick, like a basement drop kick that sends a ladder into Eddie Guerrero's face. That looks mm-hmm. it, they were they, that was either really well done, or they've had an accident. It was that kind of you know. Yeah, I'm leaning towards it being a botchy but botch botch. Mm. Um, and Eddie Guerrero slingshot into the corner looked quite vicious as well. Uh, I suppose we come to the the biggest mistake is the one that we need to talk about the most with regards to a timing issue and 
um, effectively Vicky Guerrero missing her cue. Now on the network, it's been tidied up a little bit. It you see, been. you see Eddie Guerrero being very cross and shouty, but you don't quite get what he's shouting. There are other versions online or like the original footage where you can see this, but effectively he was Eddie there Guerrero, for a long, long time at the top yes. of that ladder. Yeah. Eddie Guerrero is climbing the ladder. And he's got this is where he's got Rey Mysterio pinned underneath, isn't it, Max? <laughs> yeah. And he's supposed to get so far up the ladder. And then Vicky Guerrero is supposed to come out, stop him climbing, and they have a bit of a discussion, an argument, whatever. Vicky Guerrero doesn't come out. And Eddie's just kind of stood there like a lemon, holding on to the briefcase. She Papa Shangled him. Oh, could easily have won the match there and then. Ray starts shaking the ladder a little bit. Eddie takes a, a what looks like quite an uncomfortable fall. I mean, I think we were very close to having Sid Vicious leg break territory there, the way he came down yes. on his one foot. Yep. And there's a there's a there's loads of spots like that. There's one where I think Mysterio um he he uh, uh back body drops Eddie off a ladder and then he ends up basically crushing his, his own yes. body on the ladder. Yeah, that it, it they did not do well in this ladder match. It no, was very not at all. It was very, very um botch heavy. Mm. Uh, Eddie Guerrero, when you if you uh, look for the footage online of the original, uh, what was shown, quite clearly screaming at Charles mm. Robinson on the outside, picked up by the cameras. Where the fuck was Vicky? God damn it, etc. I think uh, he, he was uh, screaming it at, at Charles Robinson. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Yes. Um, they then have to sort of do a bit of filler. So we have the the three amigos suplex, which ends up with a bit of a nasty bump for Ray landing on a, a ladder on a third yeah. suplex before they go back to the similar kind of spot again. And we get Vicky actually running down at this point, you know, so she she, gonna, yeah, yeah. And she gets to the ladder and starts shaking it a little bit. And then she freezes and stands there for a little while looking like a lemon whilst Eddie is on top of the ladder again, looking like a lemon. And he can quite visibly, even on the, the network now, they've not tied to this up whatsoever. You can quite clearly he- see him look down, glare at her and shout, push it. So she pushes the ladder to send him tumbling. It's all just a bit of a mess, Mags, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I think you you notice a lot more um, watching it in retrospectively. Uh, at the time, I, and in the, like, the, the heat of the moment, this could have been a, a good match to watch, but knowing mm. what happens, yeah, it's it's a it's a crap match. The crowd are well into it, mind. And again, I suppose that's down to the story, isn't it? And the things we're noticing, we're noticing because the camera is right there. I mean, when it's not literally shoved up Dominic Mysterio's fucking nose, the camera is right there in the ring, and we're seeing we're seeing these errors, these mistakes, because they're not well hidden. Yeah. And it's a very um, clunky, mistimed match. But when you're in the arena, in that atmosphere, slightly further away, you're probably not noticing it as much, are you? Yeah, and and, and there are positives to this match. Uh, the the overhead camera, um, the, you get a couple of good spots there. The one where uh, Rey Mysterio's dangling from the briefcase and then he essentially uh, is, lands on Eddie's shoulders and gets powerbombed. That's a good spot. Um, yeah. The... the, the, the the bit where Dominic Mysterio gets into the ring and, and Eddie's screaming, you are coming on with me and uh, why don't you love me? Um, you're, I'm going to make you love me. And then threatens to punch him, which in front of the social worker, but yet still valid to to be able to to claim custody so of this kid. Uh, 
But yeah, this this match has not aged well for me at all. But even that's mistimed to me. Mm-hmm. Even that's just, it looks like I could be wrong. Yes, it yeah, looks it, like it, it, Eddie pulls his arm back to throw a punch. I think my internet's dropping out. And then looks back and it looks like it's yeah. Yeah, Eddie's, Eddie's out, bringing his yeah. arm back to throw a punch, and it's almost like I think Ray has to is supposed to grab his arm to stop him, which would naturally mm-hmm. get a pop. But Ray, well, Eddie, Eddie looks back. Yeah, Eddie looks back and yeah. uh, like basically see where Ray was. Yeah, it was uh, yet another uh, mistime botch, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Oh dear me! I mean, eventually, Eddie does crash off the ladder when Vicky is is there getting involved. And she also plays a part in the finish because she stops Eddie getting Rey Mysterio as he's climbing the ladder to get mm-hmm. the briefcase at the end. Everyone celebrates, the crowd reacts, and yeah, I, I, I'm quite happy to never watch this again, to be honest. Yes, like I said uh, multiple times, this has not aged well. The storyline uh, itself was is it's wrestle crap territory. Mm. Um, but normally you would you would say that a match between Eddie and, and Ray would would cover that up. This for me didn't watching no. it back what twenty eight years or eight however eighteen years uh, yes. past. Yeah, it's it's not it's not it's not aged well at all. No, not at all, mate. Not at all. Um I suppose then, out of ten, what are we thinking? Yeah. It's not the worst thing we've ever watched. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's hard. Uh, a bad match for Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio is still better than a lot of people's good matches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That being said, this is a, a six for me. Really? Okay. I'm surprised you've actually gone that high. Oof, Jesus. I hated this. <laughs> <laughs> I... I hated watching two wrestlers take risks in the ring that it, it ended up. I mean, don't worry, they all take risks all the time, of course, but some of these, it just looked horrific. Some of these bumps mm-hmm. and, and you don't, you don't want that. I don't see how, when one of the biggest spots in the match is just completely fucked with Vicky Guerrero, not coming out when she should. And then you can see Eddie Guerrero screaming instructions and so on. It's just, it, <laughs> keeps getting marked down and marked down the guys they work hard and they take these crazy bumps and there's some spectacular moves of course i'm not comfortable with this poor seven-year-old lad being in yeah. this situation knowing how he struggled with it at the time in recent interviews he's spoken about it and so on i i I'd hate this i don't want to go back and watch it again um it's a four for me wow i mean dave Meltzer gave this a three and a half stars as well well, Dave Meltzer is fucking wrong. <laughs> Jesus. There we Poor go. Dave. No bollocks. Um, <laughs> no bollocks. Yeah, that's right. He hasn't. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so then, our second match on the 50-50 poll, uh, we head to TNA Turning Point pay-per-view from 2009, and we'd see a very slim, lacking certain weight and, and muscles, Kurt Angle, I mean, it's almost like he wasn't on the juice. Mm, taking on Desmond Wolf. Uh, speaking of on the juice, sorry to jump back a little bit. The size of Eddie Guerrero's neck and shoulders and so on was and absolutely his veins. ridiculous. His mm. veins, yeah. Roy did, uh, and it's really sad now in hindsight because this is August 
2005. I'm fairly certain Eddie died a few months after. Yeah, I think less than three months. Yeah. It's quite it's quite uncomfortable to look at, I think. Yeah, it is. It is. But there we go. There we go. Anyway, Angle versus Desmond Wolf. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the turning point pay-per-view, as I said. The whole story of this is that Kurt Angle is saying that the guys in TNA don't have to prove anything to him. He joined the company thinking it was full of kids and upstarts, but there's fantastic wrestlers there. And then Desmond Wolf debuts and attacks Angle, saying he wants to prove something to him and he wants to get a, a star in his own right off the back of Kurt Angle's name. Um, Magsy, have you seen this before? Uh, is this something you've gone back and watched at all? Or do you remember it from 2009? Or? No, I, 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 my TNA um, knowledge is very, very lacking. The only thing I remember of Desmond Wolf in TNA is as part of the group of the Woo-Off. Uh, he was part of Ric Flair's fortune, I think it was called, the, his faction. Mm-hmm. And he was doing the same thing in that, ironically enough. Uh, he has a, a, a bit of Mark Tam, and he says he's trying to make a name of himself off Ric Flair. So it's ironic that the two things I know about Desmond Wolf in, in TNA, and he's trying to make his name off two legends. Uh, so, yeah, no, I've, I've never seen this match before. It was... Uh, yeah, uh, Kurt Angle, he just doesn't look like the same person. I mean, his no. hair for a kickoff, he's got an old man's bald patch. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a bit of stubble coming through as well. That's a bit grey yeah. and all that sort of stuff as well. And yeah, and he was struggling, I, just, I think, with his, addiction issues as well at this point in his yeah, life. Yeah, well, that, that was why he left WWE, because they wanted yes. him to get some rehab. And he's, he was like, no. And then TNA would let him wrestle. And obviously... Mm. They, they turned a blind eye to the, the prescription. I think it was prescription pills, weren't it? He was addicted yes, to that, yeah. painkillers. Um, but yeah, he doesn't look good in this, but the wrestling, I mean, we've just watched a match. Oh, we just spoke about a match where there was lots of uh, mistakes and botches. Kurt Angle, whew, the He's guy. A machine. It, it's like a clinic. It's like a wrestling mm-hmm. clinic, this match. And, and again, it, when we give our ratings and so on, obviously it is his own personal opinion. I didn't enjoy what I watched in that ladder match. It's not for me. This is my type of wrestling. This I love. Yeah. You know? Um, before we get to the actual match itself, Magsy, very quickly, did you watch anything else from this pay-per-view? I skimmed through bits of it. Okay. Watch the main event. It's fantastic. But there's a promo from Scott Steiner that happens. He's taking on Bobby Lashley on this pay-per-view and he's been stalking Lashley's wife. And there's a couple of lines from that promo I have here where he says he's going to take Lashley home and pin him on his own front yard. And then he's going to cover his wife. Fantastic stuff from Scott Steiner. (laughs) I mean, the, the things I've uh, there's uh, some videos by uh, I can't remember who actually is on on YouTube called Starnamania and a lot of his uh, promo work from TNA uh, is absolutely superb because mm. he, there's just no filter absolutely yeah. no filter there um, the bits he has a storyline with uh, with uh, Bubba Ray Dudley where he, he smashes up the the uh, the the dressing room there's one with uh, Eric Young. And Eric Young's coming in doing like um, pauses for for bodybuilding, and Scott Steiner is fucking livid. And Eric Young keeps <laughs> popping his head through the door. What about these? The trapezium, the trapezium, and he's like 
fuck off. Get the fuck <laughs> away from me. It's brilliant. Oh, Steiner's absolute gold here, isn't he? He's, yeah. he's brilliant. But we're not here to talk about Scott Steiner, sadly, because it always makes me laugh. Um, <laughs> but not his brother, though. Fuck that guy. Uh, the match begins then. Well, first of all, we get the in- entrances, and uh, Desmond Wolf looks incredibly like a mid 2000s indie guy straight off the bat. Yeah. You know, very bland. It looks like yeah. the starter of a, a creator wrestler on yes. WWE 2K13 when yes. you can't be asked, so you end up with just the most generic wrestler going. Pair of sunglasses, trunks, that'll do. Um, <laughs> Kurt Angle comes out, and I think this entrance theme that he had in TNA is an absolute banger. I love it. It's good, but it you think Kurt Angle, you think metal, don't you? Yeah, this is true. This is true. Even though he uh, did wrestle more in TNA than he did in WWE. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's true. Um, the match begins with, like I suppose, like many actual wrestling contests do, numerous wrist locks, arm drags, hip tosses, and so on. Um, we're kind of going hold for hold to a degree early on. Uh, and, and it is some great wrestling mags, isn't it, to start off with? Yep. And you would have expected Kurt Angle to, to run the show, but it's actually Desmond Wolf who starts off with just taking the lead and some of the, 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 the wrestling and then the counters and then the counters for those counters. It's brilliant. So, mm. so good. And the, the running theme through this uh, whole match is Desmond Wolf working uh, Kurt Angle's arm and yes. really kind of like uh, butchering his left arm to the point where, we we see him struggling with uh, the ankle lock. We see him struggling with the the um, the angle slam. His angle selling with this arm is absolutely top notch, absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah. To the point where it actually, for me, kind of it almost ruins the ending. But I'll 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 say why when we get there. Okay, interesting. Uh, Desmond Wolf takes control for a period after he kicks the rope, doesn't he? What the angle is uh, mm-hmm. lent against or has his arm against and so on, which I thought was quite an inventive thing there. You don't see that very often, do you? No, you're absolutely right. And the I think the crowd as well are so into this uh, because it's, I'm assuming this was in the TN, the impact zone or whatever the arena was called. Yes. It's a very a small, close sellout crowd of 1,100 yeah. <laughs> it's very closed in, but they are passionate, and uh, the chance of this is wrestling and this is awesome. Yeah, it it really helps you get invested. But yeah, Desmond Wolf is is out wrestling Kurt Angle, which is a feat not many people can do. Mm. Yes, indeed. Uh, you say there, Max, as well. He, he works on Angle's arm for a great deal. Uh, before we get Krangle fighting back with a vertical suplex and a backbreaker, uh, before he misses in the corner. Does the old spot of running a sh- you know the running shoulder block into the corner? Wolf moves, and again, it's more issues with the arm mags, isn't it? Because he goes mm-hmm. through and hits the ring post, as we see numerous yep. wrestlers do all the time. But again, with Angle, it looks so real. Yeah, and and the way um, Desmond Wolf, Nigel McGuinness, uh, is just laser focused on on that arm, uh, and there's some really unique some innovative uh, innovative ways that he he focuses on his arm there's one where he essentially gets uh gets him in in a almost like a cattle mutilation style move and then starts leaning back on on kurt's arm yeah it's it looks brutal 
absolutely mm. brutal. There's there's one where he traps Kurt's leg uh, arm with his uh, with his with uh, Desmond's leg and starts uh, twisting it, and it 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 looks like he's going to snap that arm off. It's, it's yes. so well done. But it pays into other aspects of the match as well, and, it, it, and to me, it just comes back to t- telling the story and, and it making sense. He has picked a body part. He is working that body part. Mm-hmm. so he can use that body part to his advantage, whether it's when he's um, the more offensive wrestler or if he's in more of a defensive situation, which we see at one point when Krangle goes for a sunset flip. And to get out of the sunset flip, Desmond Wolf slams Angle's arm on the mat, which is yeah. the arm he's already been working. So Angle has no option but to stop and sell the arm again. It's just it's brilliant, brilliant storytelling, isn't it? Yeah, and then... The- there's a, a point where Angle is finally able to to lock on the the ankle lock uh, for a few seconds, and Desmond Wolf sells that as well. Mm. You can see him for just for a few seconds that he's having to limp and kind of like walk off the injury. Brilliant work by both guys. Uh, it, it's night and day compared to the the, the other match we watched, which yeah. is shocking to to say, knowing the the caliber of all four of these wrestlers. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we get, um, well, Desmond Wolf basically runs into a belly-to-belly overhead suplex. Mm-hmm. And then we get the rolling Germans, which Angle, Benoit, six and Lesnar. Six of them. Yeah. We get six. Yeah, really good stuff. Yeah. Really good stuff. Um, an Angle slam is countered into an arm drag, which I thought looked pretty damn smooth, to be yeah. fair. And then a clothesline that nearly nearly takes Angle's head right yes. off. Brutal yes. clothesline. Uh, Desmond Wolf has been using this kind of, when I say a top rope cutter, I don't mean he's coming off the top rope. I mean, he's, it's almost like a hangman cutter, isn't it? He's, <laughs> he's holding the guy a little bit feet on the top rope and he, he sort of drops him from there. Yeah, a little bit like um, um, Tomasa Champers finishing move. Is it the Widow's Peak or something like that? Okay, right. And this is, again, working on Angle's bad neck, which is a part of their story going into this pay-per-view. He goes for this, but it's countered into an Angle slam for a two-count. And again, it's just... This is what I love about pro wrestling and guys like Angle. Guys, As much as I hate the guy for what happened at the end of his life, the likes of Benoit, the likes of Lesnar, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels to a degree, Steamboat and Flair back in the... When it's move for move and it's actual wrestling, it's not just, mm-hmm. again, a Nitro Knights phrase we use quite often, punchy, kicky bullshit. This no. to me is pro wrestling. It is. Uh, and then uh, as we come to the end, we get the the move sets ramp up a little bit. Uh, we see Angle miss the moonsault. Um, he also... Uh, goes for a superplex, which is uh, 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 Desmond Wolf goes for a superplex. That's blocked. And we see Angle paying tribute to to his good friend, Mr. Guerrero. Yes. He hits a frog splash. That was a brilliant... Well, didn't it? it did. But what would have made that better is if he went for a shooting star press and actually landed it oh. rather than Brock Lesnar. Um, I bet I bet if Angle back in the back in this time wanted to, he could do it, and it would look perfect. Everything that, you look at his moonsault, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's like he could do everything, couldn't he? He absolutely could. I mean, he he was a, a late comer to professional wrestling, obviously with his mm. uh, Olympic uh, uh, wrestling past, but he he just got it. He just absolutely got it. Um, so, anyway, as we carry on towards the end, we see. Um, Angle 
looked like he was going to attempt maybe um, a tombstone. Um, yes. But yes. then that's that's reversed with the old kicking legs. Uh, so Des, uh, Desmond Wolf went for a tombstone. But then we got a really good kind of reversal into uh, the ankle lock, um, which Desmond Wolf sold the ankle lock so well. He, mm. he made that look like it was the most painful move. And then it got to the part where it took me out of the match. Okay. Be- because uh, usually Angle would win off the, off the, the ankle lock, uh, tried and tested. This is his finishing move. But uh, Desmond Wolf survives multiple uh, ankle locks for a long, long time and then gets trapped in um, an armbar. Now, the reason it took me out of the match was because the whole focus was on Kurt Angle's arm. But then the the first time that um, Desmond Wolf is in an arm submission move, he taps out like a baby rat bitch. I just didn't I didn't get it. It just it didn't make <laughs> okay. sense. See, to me, I liked this, and it's more from the aspect of Angle having the bad arm. He's applied the ankle lock, which is his finisher. You know, he's trying to get a submission with that, which he has done many times, but he can't get the submission because he's he's selling the arm. So then he goes into that kind of. I think Taz called it a juke. Juchi Gatami. It's mm-hmm. like a the, the sort of hammerlock armhole kind of thing. Yeah, which, it's like which the, half... I think Alberto Del Rio's got a similar move. Is it the right. the cross arm breaker? Okay. Uh, and that obviously still uses his arms, but also requires strength from his legs. So yeah. that kind of made okay. sense to me. And then and then it goes from that into um again what Taz referred to as a side triangle choke, where he's choking the guy with his legs because mm-hmm. he can't use his arms, and that's yeah. how we got the submission. That, to me, I think made quite a bit yeah. of sense when you look at the angle arm injury, you know? Yeah, that's a pause. I just... It, I just... I, I didn't kind of vibe with the fact that Angle had, had took so much damage to his arm, and then the first time that Desmond Wolf had like his arm in yeah. trapped, he was he was tapping. It just That kind of didn't make sense to me, but... Now you've exp- the way you explained it there, that kind of does make more sense. I mean, that's just what I took from it. I mean, and I it was also wrong, but... it was good that it didn't finish with the typical finishing move mm. because it may it, it's just fresh when when someone yes. isn't winning by hitting their their big move. Yeah, exactly, mate. Exactly. So then, out of ten, Magsy, what are you thinking of this one? I mean, as I've said, it's nine and day compared to the Eddie. Uh, versus Ray match. Great chain wrestling. Everything as a, an older wrestling fan, I've, 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 I've appreciate more. Um, nobody comes out of this match looking bad. Uh, both both are elevated from it. Yeah, this is a nan for me. This is a, a solid nan. Yeah, I, I've got nine as well. I've got nine. Is, is that good? It's like, and the main event of this pay per view, which I think was the very next match. Yeah, was it. Uh, Daniels versus Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles. Yes, yeah, it's um, it, it's an absolute barnstormer as well. Absolutely, and in fact, I, I know we're going to get to the chat in a moment. But Cam Griffin is talking about you know d- dipping his toe into a bit of TNA. You can find uh, I, I know Cam. Uh, sorry, your, your brother Dan said he'd give you his logins, but you can find this on YouTube. Um, the, yeah, which is where I we mean, it. if you go on the Impact um, Wrestling YouTube channel, there is so many uh, full wrestling shows from this era that you if you wanted to dip in 
it wouldn't cost you a, a bean. So yeah, and the. The, the final two matches of this pay-per-view, the one we've just looked at, Desmond Wolf for Scrangle, and then the triple threat for the TNA world title, it, it ain't a bad place to start because they are both very, very good matches. But yeah, I've got a nine as well, Magsy. I thought it was absolutely superb, and it's exactly what I love about pro wrestling. Yeah, yeah, I totally, totally agree. I think it was a brilliant match. Yeah. A well-told story. Um, yeah, I, it's almost faultless. Yeah, there we go. Okie doke. So then... Where do we want to go next week? Oh, now, you, you bastard. You said you had a, a little bit of a, a, a thought in mind, didn't you? Which may dictate what I do with mine, but go on. Yes. So um, the reason why I've gone this is is multiple. One, we've watched quite a lot of good wrestling recently, and, and whilst that's fun, this whole show is probably at its best when we're watching absolute tosh wrestling. So I did a bit of a Google search to try and link uh, the two matches to some terrible matches. And my first thought was, let's have a look at some terrible SummerSlam matches. Okay. And there's been some. There's been some awful, awful SummerSlam matches. uh, And I found one. So... From a, a list, I think it was from Wrestle Talk, uh, written by uh, Adam Blompier, uh, former from Cult Alec and, um, and uh, What Culture, and he ranked his worst SummerSlam matches. Okay. So his, his worst SummerSlam match was from SummerSlam 2007, All and right. it's for the World Heavyweight Championship, and it's Carl Lee. The Great Carly versus Batista. Oh dear. Now, that sounds horrific, but it gets worse because that match was tied for number one. The next one is also includes the Great Carly. Okay. It also includes a world title, but this time it's the WWE title. This is from the, the SummerSlam. Uh, the next one's from 2008 and it's Carly versus Triple H so I don't remember that at all well you're going to remember it because why have two terrible matches when you can have three so the third tad match SummerSlam 2009 the great Carly and he's facing Kane so I put forward to you douchebags that we are not going to watch one bad match. We are not going to watch two bad matches. We're going to watch three consecutive SummerSlam bad matches that are from the great Carly against Batista, against Triple H, and against Kane. And it was, what was it, Magsy? 07, 08, and 09, you say? <laughs> the whole SummerSlam 07 to 09 and all three, the great Carly matches. So you want to punish us, we'll punish you. Because you have to listen to <laughs> us talk about it. Uh, see, I had an option there. Uh, the, 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 a bit of context. Before we pressed the red button today to go live, Magsy said, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to put something, for, something terrible forward. And I thought, well, normally if we put something terrible forward, 
I should put something terrible forward as well, which wasn't my first choice, which I'm not going to put for, explain now because that can be used for a different time. But I thought it would make some interesting talking points. So then during the show, I've been frantically searching for something terrible I can link to <laughs> properly. And I found something, Max. I found something equally bad as well. Uh, it's using my old favorite of the arena, the venue. Uh, again, you got to think, I'm doing this on the fly whilst we're actually live, so bear with me. The MCI Centre in Washington is where SummerSlam 2005 was held. What? That was also the venue for the last four Starcade events in WCW. Oh, good Lord. Oh, yes. Harry Wyndham, folks. No, I said shit, wrestling mate, so it's not Barry Wyndham. Yes. Oh, the Stalker. It's the Stalker. <laughs> so, going up against your triple threat of horror involving the great Carly. And none of them were a Punjabi prison match. Can no. you believe oh, that? Goodness. I would like to go to Starcade 1999. So a bit of a, a bit of a wobbly period in certain aspects of WSW. And I would like to take a look at that wrestling machine that is Kevin Nash going up against somebody else who obviously puts on regular five-star bangers and Matt Classics, Sid Vicious. Oh. In. Hang on, hang on. Is this the whole storyline where... Hang on. Go on, I'll I'll let you finish. In a powerbomb match. Now, I have seen this. It's crap. And the finish is even worse. So... Those are your options, CWF. You have. Go on. So, is this the match where, or the storyline where uh, Kevin Nash dresses up as Sid and he does the whole, I've got half, I'm half the man that you are? <laughs> um, I don't I don't know I'll have to go back and check it out it's been a little while since I've seen this but it, there is a lot of nonsense around it and it's who's got the best power bomb and so on and the only way you can win the match is to hit a power bomb on your opponent and it's, it's it doesn't go well let's put it that way so yes lots of great wrestling we have covered on this show in recent times I mean we've had a match here that you and I actually both gave 9 out of 10 this week an absolute you know clinic in a way it was superb yep so, so you're gonna suffer motherfuckers yeah we're gonna have potentially if Maxi's choice wins we have the great carly in a trio of terror matches from 07 08 and 09 SummerSlam against kane triple h and dave batista or we have the match from stock in 99 Nash and Sid Vicious, two guys who never really like leaving their feet, even to walk, never mind doing anything else, in a powerbomb match. It's as bad as it sounds. Make sure you're keeping your eyes peeled on our social medias uh, later in the week so you can vote in the poll, retweet it, and so on. Uh, go on, give us a 50-50 of those shit options, you bastards. Let's well, see what happens. <laughs> Dan Griffin says 50-50 next week to make four matches for, for uh. me trying to outsmart them. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear and i bet he's gonna be manipulating it in that secret little group but there we go uh magsy as soon as you are done coughing your guts up my friend i mean it wouldn't to, be monday without him it wouldn't it would not indeed uh god knows what you get up to on the weekends <laughs> yeah i'm fine all week it's just the thought of chain wrestling there we brings go. me out uh, shall we have a quick scan through the chat and see if there's anything else there that we yeah. need to touch upon before we depart there's a couple of good ones uh cam griffin says 
Uh, he's guessing that Nash rips his quads in this match. Uh, <laughs> and then King's Prince Balor says no, but Shane and Vince did. Absolutely brilliant. Um, King's Pigs Balor also says, uh, Dan, can you add Sai and Mags to the group? No, we don't want to be in your little clique trying to manipulate this. You you carry on being you, and we'll just have to put up with it. Hey, you speak for yourself, <laughs> mate. I want friends. <laughs> you you hate group chats. I do hate. I do, I'm not a big fan of group chats. That is true. So you wouldn't like it in there anyway. No, this is very. And he true. says it'll set our mind at rest. Um, King's Pig Banner still arming for the for the Barry Horowitz link. I mean, we it will, will get happen. there. It will mm-hmm. get there. It will. Uh, and Cam saying uh, is is not. Uh, interested in uh, TNA yet because he's having his fill of Jimmy Hart on Natural. Thank you very much. Um, and he's also started uh, getting into Lucha Underground. Uh, that is batshit crazy stuff. Great wrestling, but absolutely I've never seen crazy. It. It, I I've mean, never everybody seen it. has a everybody has characters, um, and when you die, you you die in that. Yeah, you are killed off in in the in the show. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's very storyline driven, but it's also people are got killing the, people. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, but it's got one of the best looking wrestling belts in in the world with the gift of the gods title. Such a great. Oh, belt. I've seen that with the, the the discs that go into it and stuff. Yeah, mm, yeah, it's so so good. Uh, but yeah, that's uh that's uh the 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 big parts of the chat covered up. Me, we we've gone Broadway again over two hours. See what you do to yourselves. You should be in bed by now, folks, but no, you're listening we to should. us. <laughs> but we love you for it. We really we do. do. We do. Magsy, where can people find you online, my friend? Only place you'll find me online is on TikTok, where I am giving daily updates for about my chickens. And I tag the chain wrestling account in it and never get a like or a repost because Sai is a, an absolute article. Uh, but I'm also, I do have a Twitter as well at Podfather Mags. Don't go on there because I don't think I've posted since last year. Uh, so, yeah, come and check me out on TikTok. That's at Podfather Mags. It's brilliant. Chicken-based comedy. Content. <laughs> I can't see any likes. It's or anything excellent. Or hey, look at that. I can't see any likes or comments or anything like that to the Chain Wrestling account. Because, like I said last week, Mags, I've lost the logins. So, so I, got a I mean, I will give you then some... Uh, an update the chickens or one of the chickens laid a humongous egg like an, an ostrich size egg and it was our first double york uh, so oh egg. nice yeah good so stuff, i ate it delicious yeah Fair enough. Uh, anything i am involved in you can find via the network that carries this show as at sjp world media on facebook and twitter and all your podcast players, platforms, and providers. And as we've listed in the show already, there's so much going on on SJP World Media. New shows every day of the week. Uh, new shows coming in all the time as well with regards to literally brand new shows. You know, new topics being covered and all sorts, not all involving me, thankfully. So it's going to be... Or wrestling. No, all wrestling. It's growing all the time. But that's at SJP World Media. Uh, but most importantly, you can follow this show on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. But I haven't got the logins anymore, so bear with me. I'll have to resort all that out again this week. But yes, Twitter and Facebook at chain underscore wrestling, where you'll find the non-wrestling topic, the poll, and all other sort of random nonsense stuff that we tend to share around in the CWF. Maxi, 
I'm off now because we've been speaking about it so much this week to watch the episode of Quantum Leap that Terry Funk was in because it's just fucking stupid and funny. I'll speak to you next week, my friend. Bye-bye, folks. I haven't even got the video prepped up because I am just as professional as Sam. Bye-bye. <laughs>